There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't need no wine and dine, I want something high class. Like spending my nights at home, romance in the podcast. Take a deeper dive into these movies that are trash. Me once in a bookstore and then we'll smash roll call. You had us at hello. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Mikey Randolph. And I'm Todd Schlosser. And this week, Mikey made us watch City oh, of Angels. Angels. Can we just watch Con Air next? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is actually like Caster Troy level Nicolas Cage. <laughs> this is his origin story. <laughs> Uh, yes, this yeah. is why Caster Troy lost his mind. He gave up being an angel for a mm-hmm. woman, and then mm-hmm. God murdered that woman. Which is why he also has a crazy name like Caster. Like I know it's Caster and Pollux, the brothers. Caster out of heaven, Paige. <laughs> this is not true. This is a this is a false theory because this angel's name is Plate. Seth, <laughs> Seth Plate. Plate. Yeah, he is named. Seth, which I guess could sort of sound angelic or short for an angelic name. Mm. And he's also named after what they had to install in his head. <laughs> this movie is insane. Just like Pete and Pete's mom. <laughs> yeah. So, Mikey, tell us why you picked this movie. I picked this movie because we watched a couple of films that angels make an appearance yes. over Christmas. Correct. And then Paige was like, these are people who were people and then became angels. I want to see a movie with a true angel falling in love. And I was like, wow, I have a movie for you. I didn't say I wanted that. You said you were going to give it to me regardless. And that's how I feel like it needed to go. Because I feel <laughs> I feel like the human becoming an angel really saves a lot of time. It makes it way less weird. Like, this movie is so weird. I don't know how this else movie to say is it. Fucking it's just weird. really weird. Like, you are seeing a Caster Troy Nicolas Cage, but... Like he's an alien, like has no idea what people do. He's really obsessed with what things taste like. So I saw it back in the 90s when it came out-ish. Okay. <laughs> and got really mad at the end. And then I was yeah, like, fuck what? this movie. <laughs> fuck this movie to death. And then it was like ultra hype back when it came out, which is even funnier looking, doing like a retrospective on it. And rewatching it now it's even weirder than it was in the 90s. Oh, yeah. I think that makes it better. A lot of the things that are weird about it are very 90s. <laughs> so, like, it does feel a little time capsule in that way. Yeah. 
But like, I think now knowing what I know and having a brother who is a doctor and a mom who is a nurse, medical professionals out of all people tell you to wear a helmet while riding a bicycle. And I think that's the most important lesson I took from this. You know what? I honestly think she would have been fine had her parents just told her to, hey, maybe when you're riding down a street, don't close your eyes for three minutes. Meg, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> yeah, she's got her eyes closed for a long time. Yeah, like, I'm not saying she deserved to die, but she did earn it through stupidity. Like, it's yes. her fault. Well, that truck driver was like, there's no way she's not going to see me. She's two minutes down the road. I'll just keep going. <laughs> but also that truck driver probably was stopped and she hit him. Yes. I know. She sideswiped a truck with her bike. Well, probably her face, honestly. Because this movie, <laughs> first of all, thinks it's like the end all be all of cinematography. And there are some cool shots, but like. It's doing a lot. Oh, yeah. And that scene where her eyes are closed and she's writing goes goes on forever. And so I'm just like typing in my notes to kill time because nothing's happening. And in my notes, I'm like, watch a truck pulls out. And then I like the tr and I was like, no, I was kidding. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> I didn't want to tell you all the end. I'm so glad you didn't because when it's I saw so the boxy. truck start so to pull bad. out and it's not even the truck pulling out. You so see it like angry. nose up to the turn. It's like, hey. I'm about to kill Meg Ryan. You want to watch this shit? Give me three <laughs> minutes. It's going to be three minutes of slow motion bike riding until I kill her. But like sit back and relax. It's going to happen. Hang tight. Hang tight. I got this bitch. <laughs> I didn't remember that they only got one night. I thought they got like a few weeks and oh, then no. it happened. And then it was just like, also like his progression from like, what's a pear taste like? And then she's like, how does this feel? And it's yeah, like, how does he pussy <laughs> feel? I did love that this movie does contain a scene where Nicolas Cage describes Meg Ryan's pussy to her. Yeah, I was, as it was happening, I was like, what? As it was happening, I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's straight up an hour of like lore building about angels in this movie before, and I Mikey I am upset that we didn't get a spirited level behind the scenes of like what it was like in heaven because I really wanted a shot of someone informing actual God like Yahweh God who is in his office that one of his angels Seth is now leaving he's quitting his job to go live with an earth woman and him like flipping a desk and being like no we have to kill him immediately like i, well, I needed that scene as his best friend castile casio casio like the watch was no like, it's nope. not casio like the watch i'm gonna call him captain holt the entire time because he is yes. captain holt in brooklyn 99 He's like, shut your silly ass. That's not how God works. And then he's like, you're just alive and being alive sucks. You made a horrible decision. Yeah. Now move to Vegas or whatever and be in Point Break. What was it? Not Point Break. Face Off. Was that in LA? Was that set in LA? Yeah. Face Off is set in LA. Okay. The same LA that this movie takes place in. They just look very different. Did you guys like it? No. Mikey, this isn't even worth watching because it's bad. Like, that's how much I hated this movie. <laughs> Actually, well, it would be if it was shorter. But how many famous songs got famous because of this movie? You know what I'm saying? Too many, Mikey. Too many. <laughs> Honestly, Johnny Resnick can write a hit. That song still slaps. And I hated but this movie. I didn't movie. realize that, that 
that song was about this I know. movie. <laughs> like, I knew it was away. in it. I didn't realize it was about <laughs> it. At the end, when he starts singing it, and I'm like, I don't want the world to see me because I don't. Yes. I was like, he wrote the song as <laughs> yes, and I didn't know that. Through the eyes of an angel is not about dead dogs. I know it's about, it's about a, Nick the Cage. weirdest masturbation scene ever. Okay, so all right, all right, all right. I got it. I got to yeah, get please, it out. I got to get Paige. it out my chest. Yeah. This movie, which, by the way, just to pepper in a fun fact for you, is a remake of a German film called Wings of Desire, which, by the way, <laughs> is such a better title. It but is. it feels it mm-hmm. feels like a title that was retranslated. Like if this was released in Japan and they were like, we call it Wings of Desire here. I'd be like, of course you do. Yeah, because you do everything better. But this is in LA, <laughs> the city of angels. That's why. That is ex- That's exactly whatever. why. For sure. Okay. The the amount of actual clear LA landmarks shown and referenced in this movie is mind boggling. There's I know. so much. But this movie, it wants to be two different movies. It wants to be one, a movie about an angel who loves a human so much they choose to no longer be an angel. That's one movie. But then it also wants to have its cake and eat it too and be a movie about an angel finally experiencing what it's like to be a human and all of the touch, smell, taste, whatever that goes with it. And that's a completely different movie that should not be in this movie. This is why having people who were humans and became angels and then come back to human is a way simpler way to do a romantic angel story. Well, either one of those could be a movie. You just don't need both. They could both be movies with an angel who is not a human, they they just shouldn't be in the same movie because the one where the angel falls in love is a tragic romance. As we saw through this movie, yeah. that makes sense. The one where he's experiencing everything for the first time is a fucking comedy because the second that he starts experiencing things for the first time, I couldn't stop thinking of what other things would be hilarious. Like, how much did you want to see him pee for the first time? Badly. Where he's just like, oh my God, yeah. oh my God, mm-hmm. what's happening? <laughs> like, I wanted to see the end of that sex scene where he comes and is just like, <laughs> am I dying? What's happening? Like, that's what I want. I want madness. Like that, okay, that movie is like Elf. Like that's a Will Ferrell yes, it is. angel comedy. And I'm fucking here for it. But you can't make the, I want to give up being an angel to fall in love with her without being like, well, what's he going to do if he like tastes food the whole time? That, like, but see, that's the thing, Mikey. I don't think he should be in love with her. He gets down to the earth and he's like, I was going to like give it all up to be with Meg Ryan. But then I had a slice of pizza and I think I work at Sabaro now. And you're like, bro, there's better pizza. <laughs> it's Well, here. OK, do you want to know a movie that does this? perfectly the little mermaid oh sure yeah hear me out because the female character is not allowed to talk most of the time i get what you're saying sure, Paige. Sure, i'm yeah, not I saying you're like wrong it. but it's mm-hmm. a weird take no 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 this is actually <laughs> and people have noted this in fun facts it gets compared to the like og hans christian anderson little mermaid a lot oh that has a super dark ending i'm gonna argue that disney's the little mermaid does what this movie is trying to do perfectly here's how first of all you have a character who's not human who yearns to be human the love story is an added bonus it's not necessarily the reason she turns she wants to be human because she wants to know what all of the human things feel like love included yes so we see what her life is like we see under the sea we see what she's coming from so we have a better understanding of what the stakes are when she loses it so then she saves a human because she's a good person 
and is fascinated by humans. She makes a deal. She becomes human for a while. That's when she gets to experience all the human things in the middle of the movie, where it should be as a montage in this movie, but it's not. <laughs> then she loses the thing that she traded. So, like, it's just the, the same fucking plot circle. Yeah. Right? So then she has to fight to get it back and make the ultimate choice of which way do you go. How Now having experienced both camps and she makes her choice and chooses love. That's how this movie should fucking work. But it doesn't because it's fucking madness at every fucking turn. Also, there's not a single attractive man in this movie. What the fuck were the 90s wow. doing? Page. You don't think Caster Troy could get it? Honestly, from the neck down, he could. From the neck yeah. up, he's Nicolas Cage. And I don't even think I should have to argue about this. I don't think you're going to have to on this podcast for sure. I definitely agree with that. Thank Dude you. was in shape for this movie, though. He was putting it on. He was in shape yeah. for the one scene where he's he's shirtless. I, th I think he was probably in shape for Con Air and uh, Face Off. But yeah. I think so, too. <laughs> so the original German screenplay was written by three men. And then for America, it was adapted by one woman. Okay. Uh, but I could not fathom that a woman would write this movie. <laughs> because the movie does not under seem to understand how dangerous he would be and how scared she would be of him because I need you to just come with me for a moment first of all they're all in the trench coats because the 90s right and the only reason I found for that in fun facts when I was looking was that just in case a human saw them, they just look like a human. I was like, no, no, no. They look like the Columbine shooter. Like, what are we talking well, about? this is before that. I don't care. They At best, they look like the Matrix. I was going <laughs> like, to say, Paige, I was going to say, I guarantee you Kim Barrett, who did all the costume work for the Matrix, saw this movie and was like, right. I can do this way better. Maybe. Either way, I'm like, a man in a trench coat is following you around yeah. and won't tell you his last name or where he's from. And you're like jiggling yourself in the bath to him. Like, what are you talking? You're not terrified that the man knows where you work? Like, what is wrong with you? And then he's like, I'm an angel. Sir? You need to check yourself in at this hospital, Mr. Trenchcoat well, Man. He doesn't tell her that till after she tries to stab him through the hand. But everything he says is terrifying it is. to me as a oh, woman. Yeah. I'm like, get the fuck away from me. We don't know her past, but obviously he fit right into her traumas. Yeah, somehow. Well, and we don't know her past because we literally learn nothing about her except doctor. It right. would make more sense that if she saw him a few times in the OR and thought he was like a hallucination and he turned out to be like, oh, you're in, like she figured it out. You're an angel or whatever. Or maybe she's one of the only people who can see him and it's a destiny fate thing. Yeah, anything would make more sense. Instead of like, I, my name's Seth. Your dog is like super worried about you. Yeah, your your dog's A speaks English and B is worried about. Well, we don't. He doesn't speak English. He speaks dog. Dog. But, but Seth can speak. Yeah, but Seth can speak yeah. dog. Yeah. Well, he reads thoughts. Yeah, I know. But what would a dog's thoughts be? What a dog's thoughts be? We can't fall down the dog thought rabbit hole. Hungry, love. I mean, they have an ball. Intelligence of a ball squirrel. Squirrel. Lick Sorry. self. Yeah. Mikey's dog impression was amazing, and I now want. <laughs> A dog review. Just someone write a review from the voice of a Mikey as a dog. <laughs> Just all single words. Yes, like, yeah. Hungry. Love. Yeah. Todd voice. <laughs> Cancer. <laughs> Having somebody sitting in a room with you you can't see who can like read your thoughts is bad. Thoughts are not who you are. It's the choices you make. Like everyone has bad thoughts. Yes. And 
and it's Nicolas fucking Cage. <laughs> like the cat, and maybe this is 2020. Hindsight is 2020, and at the time, ladies were just like slipping off movie chairs. They were Paige. for Nicolas Cage. Were they? Yeah. Because I was like, who would I cast now? Because you need just like a sad boy. He is a sad boy. I believe he was at one point voted sexiest man alive. What? That's abhorrent. <laughs> Someone has to Google that immediately because I I'm, I'm do Googling not want to live in a world where that is a fact. Although actually. That gives me hope that I could win it one day. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but people thought he was very sexy. Like, I think because he's Nicolas Cage. Like, he's known for being, like, intense and, like, stealing the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> but I don't know. How dare you? I love National Treasure. And National Treasure, too, honestly. I love all those types of movies. Like, Sahara, all those movies are great. Honestly, when he, like, he comes out of the, the shower and he's, like, steaming and he, like, puts his arms out... My one, the one thing I wanted was for him to turn into Ghost Rider. <laughs> to be like, this is Ghost Rider's origin story. I have to assume that people thought he was a heartthrob and that's why he ends up in this movie. He beats Johnny Depp out for this role. Oh, Johnny Depp would have made this super weird too, which I would be here for. Yeah, I think I like Nick Cage better than Johnny Depp in this role. I See, here's the thing. I am <laughs> not attracted to either of them. I've never been attracted to Johnny Depp in any iteration. Yeah, I agree. So to me, again, it kind of ruins the love story for me. That tells you what type they were going for. Clearly. And I was like, who is today's sad boy that... That would be in this Timothy Chalamet that was my first thought too yeah. but I think he's too young who is like 10 years older Timothy Chalamet if you just recast the Meg Ryan character to be age appropriate for Timothy Chalamet it works yeah maybe or you could just wildcard it and put like a Channing Tatum in there <laughs> oh it would be Robert Patterson <laughs> Oh, oh, it would be Pattinson. Yeah, because I was like, if you cast them too young, it totally turns into basically remember me. Like the whole thing. Yeah. These are the wings of a lover, <laughs> Bella. It, it would become <laughs> Edward Cullen as an angel. Like yeah. that's absolutely what it becomes. And it would be just as bad. Like it would be bad. Yeah, it would be bad. <laughs> if I remember correctly, this movie was like huge. Yeah, we will talk about it. I mean, like, the amount of money they spent on the soundtrack. They, it might have the best soundtrack, like, original soundtrack I've ever heard of in my life. On, I'm listening to it. I was just like, this soundtrack is 90s as fuck. But it's all songs made specifically for the movie that turn into giant songs yes. that last longer than the movie. Except for the one song where she's masturbating. I'm like, what the fuck is this song about? Because I was, like, writing down lyrics because they were in the subtitles. And I believe, I don't want to ruin your fun facts, I believe they licensed the soundtrack where you couldn't get some of these songs unless you bought the actual soundtrack to the movie. Like, the Goo Goo Dolls song was not on the Goo Goo Dolls album. Right, yes. Oh, it was Paula Cole. <laughs> of course it fucking was. I don't know Paula Cole. Who is that? Yes, you do. So oh. here, here's the thing. Paula Cole was wildly fucking famous because she had, like, multiple hits in the 90s and then never again. <laughs> Uh, and the most uh, I she did the I don't want to wait. Oh yeah, I know that is. Yeah. So she had like ten years of being super famous. Yeah, as a musician. Yeah, she probably made millions and was like, you know what? I don't want to do anymore anything. Yeah, <laughs> anything. I was unaware that all of these songs were written about this movie. Well, that's so Paula Cole's songs are just appropriated for the movie, and same with Sarah McLaughlin because that Sarah McLaughlin song was fucking everywhere, and in part because of this movie the Goo Goo Dolls song is the one that's written for this movie 
and about the plot yes. of this movie. <laughs> and it's maybe their biggest song. <laughs> yeah, I think it, it might is, be. It is hands down their biggest song. And I remember the movie trailer. I remember the music video. And like, here's the thing. It slaps. It is a good song. Even if you've never seen the movie, that song slaps. But then once you've seen the movie and you realize what the song is about... I don't know that I can ever listen to that song again no. without being like Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Like they can't, they were like, you know what's going to get ladies hot and heavy? Nicolas Cage describing what it's like <laughs> to be inside a vagina. I actually, in that scene, I just have, this would be hot if it was anyone but Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, if that was really what was happening, every guy would just be awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. What does it feel like? Awesome. Can we just... Great. <laughs> so good. And if it was his first time having sex, he would be losing it way before he could describe it. He does. He does. She says in the moment, like, it, first of all, it's super fucking weird. because She's basically giving him sex ed at the time. Yeah. She's like, no, we fit together. And then she goes like, oh, it's OK. We'll do it again. <laughs> she, he's Kyle Reese in it. He does Kyle Reese in <laughs> This movie is so fucking weird. Well, maybe we should get in this movie so we can go through it scene by scene. Sure. We open hearing a bunch of different people's prayers, but we kind of settle on this one mom who's praying as she takes her daughter's temperature and finds out that her daughter is running a, one a fever of 105. At which point, call a fucking ambulance. Yeah. Holy shit. Don't do anything else. Just call an ambulance and hope she makes it till the ambulance gets there. I can't believe we didn't mention that this movie kicks off with a child dying. Oh, yeah. Wild. Yeah. But then also, which she tries to like put her in the bath and I'm like, call an ambulance. <laughs> like, I don't care if you don't have insurance. She's going to be dead. Like, what are we doing? We get it, Paige. She killed her child. <laughs> Maybe not intentionally, but if I can save one child with 105 fever just by yelling at people to call an ambulance, I will. Anyway, they get to the hospital and Nicolas Cage is there as they're like trying to save this little girl, but they are not. And we don't know what all, what all is wrong with her if she had an existing illness or whatever. We just know that she is dead as a doornail. And now Nicolas Cage has the task of escorting her to heaven. Yeah. It was weird, though, when they were, like, wheeling her down the OR, like, hallway or whatever. Yeah. She, like, looks up at Nicolas Cage, and they're, like, having this conversation, like, are you cold? I'm cold. And he's like, I'm not cold. And it's just, like, it's said in a way that's, like, honestly a little creepy. It's creepy, but he does play it not, like sexually creepy like yeah inhuman creepy exactly i don't know what cold is yeah it, it is played like no i don't even fucking know what that's like what is cold <laughs> can you tell me what a vagina feels like oh no please and i think that's maybe why they went sad boy route instead of like you know a different star kind of is because like yeah because if you go just straight up hot body rock hard body asking a girl yeah. if she's cold but I, but I do think because he's so bizarre, it does come off like, oh, he is he does seem like an alien otherworldly creature. Like <laughs> it's, it, a, it's it, a little it K-Pax, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I felt like he was an alien. Like he did seem very alien like to me. Y'all wanted this from the <laughs> angels. No, and I gave we it to didn't you. want any of this. You assumed. I just said people aren't angels. Why can't movies get this right? And you're like 
Oh, so you want the weirdest and worst movie of all time? <laughs> Which is coincidentally one of the biggest rom-coms of all time from the 90s. Which is madness is because insane. this movie is bonkers bad in so many ways. It fit too well with what we are doing here. <laughs> I mean, listen, did I like this movie, Mikey? Absolutely not. Was it a perfect pick? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, was I sitting there the whole time being like, I have fucking thoughts, yes. But I was like, it is weird to have an actual angel fall in love with someone. Here's why. You know what <laughs> sucks, though? I bet when I was like 15, if I had saw this, I'd have been like, oh, this is beautiful. <laughs> no, Todd, you would have been like, I need one of those jackets. <laughs> Let me introduce, yeah, Todd, <laughs> your whole band had the angel aesthetic. But like, Why, thank you. There are pro there are so many people who are gonna listen to this episode because they probably like grew up on like this is the movie. Fuck, you have to go back and rewatch it before you judge us for like making fun of it. Yes, do not make the same time traveler's wife mistake. <laughs> go back and rewatch <laughs> it before you come talk to us. Uh, and remember that they literally looked like the sad fashion matrix. Like, just remember this that. This is before The Matrix. It is. The Matrix looks like fighting City of Angels. It does. Terrible choice. I literally tweeted out this morning, I'm going to tell my kids this was The Matrix. I saw and that. And it's just a picture <laughs> of the two of them. Especially <laughs> when he falls, he looks like Neo at the end of the first Matrix. Yes, he Absolutely. does. I almost Absolutely. wanted Rage Against the Machines wake up to start playing. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's go. I'll take Bulls on Parade, personally. Oh, I mean, if we're talking about best Rage Against the machine songs i think bulls on parades up there for sure i think it's take the power back because funk doesn't get as good as that but wake up was at the end credits of the first matrix the first matrix yeah mm -hmm. did we start okay yeah we did he and this little girl go to heaven and that's right he asks her what she liked best about being alive and she says flannel pajamas with feet and i was like little girl you need to get out more it just makes me so sad when someone dies so young they don't get to experience at least the good things about like being an adult and shit like that makes me sad yeah oh uh, wait okay hold on first off she just died this is a trauma and then some guy just asked her a weird question so she like just comes up with whatever the pops into her head it's not like she had an hour to think about this she doesn't even see chocolate <laughs> like, no she's like wrong? i guess these flannel pajamas i'm wearing can we just get this over with here's what's sad about my life is i was like i do love me some good flannel pajamas honestly they're like, comfy. that wouldn't crack my top 10 but like all right <laughs> that's because you're an adult and you know what sex is like there's yeah. so much that she missed out on in life i was like i guess maybe flannel pajamas if she wasn't allowed sugar you know like i i don't <laughs> yeah, know yeah, like yeah. i guess that makes sense to me that's real sad though yeah she's never like licked a shoulder so she doesn't get it <laughs> wait do i have to lick hang on hang on mikey i might need your shoulder to lick apparently Paige thinks i haven't shoulders seen are on everybody everyone has shoulders next scene anyway <laughs> we we cut to nicholas cage and it's captain holt right it is yeah. captain holt in brooklyn okay. 99 yeah yeah i couldn't remember if it was detective or captain He's amazing in that, but I actually went down like a rabbit hole on him because... he's He's been in a million things. Dude, he was in Glory. He was one of the main dudes in oh. Glory, and I just didn't realize it. I've never seen but that. But he's movie. been acting since like the early 90s, but I didn't really clue into him until Brooklyn Nine-Nine because he's so great in that show. He's great on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Anyway, so Nicolas Cage and Captain Holt are sitting reviewing their day, and Nicolas Cage is like, a man and a woman touch bearskin by accident and they uh, and they like trail off. But the implication <laughs> being like 
these people like met in an elevator and got down and he's like that was a good day yeah that is a good day i mean i can speak from personal experience it is a good day when that happens uh, but this is also the worst green screen i've ever seen ever nick cage is my angel he's like he talked to a girl at a bar and they like made out what a great day what a great day <laughs> And then he regretted it the next day But that wasn't the same day It was a different day Yeah it's a different day And Captain Holt's like You're not a great angel <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a decent human But a terrible angel Well and you don't Like an angel isn't assigned to one person right I don't think they're assigned to a person It seems like they just yeah. wander around And then guide people when they die and, and just hang out at the library Well they hang out the library Because they like listening to people read because they can read their thoughts. That was not clear to me. That was not clear. Yeah. I thought they <laughs> I were just like, fucking creeps. I had no, no idea, man. Like, I was like, Meg Ryan is about to bump uglies with a guy yeah. in a trench coat that just hangs out at the library. That <laughs> quote page lives in the library. Lives in the library. Run away. <laughs> the people are all reading silently, so they get to hear the whole book when they read it. So they like sit by them and let them read it. Oh. Wow. So what you're saying is they invented audiobooks. Way before digital technology was a thing, they were like all of the angel dudes super into podcasts. Uh, there were books on tape back then, but they couldn't purchase them because they have no corporeal form. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes slightly more sense. It only impl- it implies it, but he get they get that's why he gets her the same book that he really liked hearing that guy read at the library. I just thought that was the only book he knew about, but okay, <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense. I'm not defending it. I'm just pointing out what I saw in the they, film. Thank you. Nowadays, the library would just be filled. I can't. With people in trench coats jerking it. Yes, that's why she should be afraid of him. The the library is full of dirty Randy. I would assume that no one, no angels are still at the library. No, they can't hang out there anymore. The library is a godless wasteland. Some guys try to listen to a guy read Hemingway, and the other guy's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Yeah, how do you tune out the masturbators so you can listen to the Hemingway? That's what we need to know. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. One and the same. I do love that she asked him in this movie. She's like, are you homeless? And he's like, no. And then later she's like, where do you live? And he says, the library. I'm surprised she didn't say, like, so you are homeless? That's technically homeless. Yeah, like, what are you, rip-torn? You don't (laughs) live at the library. My favorite rip-torn story. Oh, there's so many. Although it wasn't a library. It was a bank. It was a bank, yes. He broke into a bank armed with a gun, crawled through the window he broke, and then passed it on the floor. The cops got there, and he was like, what are you doing in my house? And they were like, sir, (laughs) this is a fifth third bank bank or whatever. And he was like, oh, I thought it was my house. And they let him go. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, oh, okay, Rip Torn, that makes sense. Your house is very opulent. We'll drive you home now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll give you a lift patch to Houlihan as long as you pay for that window. (laughs) (laughs) He did, yeah. Anyway, while they're having this conversation, they are green screened terribly. Oh, yeah. But this is like early green screen days, man. Like this is, yeah. It is. There's so many conversations that take place in front of a green screen. In front of yes. terrible green screen. But the part that's bad about it is not normally what's bad about green screen. Because usually at this time, the part of the green screen that's bad is the roto. Yeah. Where they like haven't quite gotten the hang of like cutting people out of, of stuff yet. In this, 
it's that the background is too close. Yeah. So it's out of like the actual like proportions are off. Yeah. And it's terrible. I also felt that the characters were higher resolution than the backgrounds almost. Yes. Yeah. They're yeah, they way are. higher resolution. Yeah. But that's angels are probably higher resolution than us. That's what it is. Angels invented high def technology in mm -hmm. the 90s. It's not a bug. It's a feature. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that's part of the story, Mikey. Makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> we get a montage of angels on high places standing in groups. It's fucking terrifying. It looks like a Savage Garden music video. And I'm, I'm not here for it. I can't believe you didn't like it. I laughed the whole time. It is hilarious. But it's it's essentially just like... People getting mugged and then people in Transcoast watching people get mugged. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but also it's like a bunch of different landmarks from the place that I live that I see many days, like all the time. Yeah. With just people ominously in black trench coats standing on them. And I'm like, is this the third act of a Batman movie? <laughs> These are the villains? Uh, no, Paige. This is our religion. Pray to me! <laughs> <laughs> and I, here's the thing. I understand the idea of like giving the angels a uniform look that is maybe not typical of angels. Sure. I don't know why they chose black trench coats. And I also don't know if this is me, an adult who lived through the Matrix era and Columbine and any number of things that now identifies trench coats I, I, as evil. Yes, it's hard to imagine a world where black leather trench coats are not Matrixy evil ominous. But before 99, they were fine, I guess. I honestly think before 99, before Columbine happened, everyone yeah. looked at trench coats the way Dennis looks at the duster <laughs> that Dusters? Mac wears. Yeah, like they're dope. But I feel like if you just saw people in all black just standing around immobile. Oh, I mean, yeah, that would be weird, but we can't see them, Paige. They're angels. I know, but in the movie, I'm seeing them. So it's kind of like the end of us. Like, it just is scary. It's not anything but scary. Would you rather have been in white trench coats? <laughs> yes, because then it's just a Michael Jackson music video. Oh, and, and I'm always fine. here for that. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to bet you that they couldn't find enough white costumes. No, they deliberately chose not to do white. The German film, I guess, also kind of went trench coaty. That makes sense. German angels probably are leather clad. <laughs> sure. And like, I don't know that they went exactly the same, but they definitely made a choice to avoid any stereotypic angel stuff. And white would be stereotypically angels. Yeah. And so they they went this route. It just looks ominous. Like, I, and I don't know that there's any way you could fix that. <laughs> just choose something different. I get. I don't know. I don't know. Choose red coveralls. Wait, no. <laughs> Red's the devil. Then they would be demons. Satan's panties. <laughs> anyway, they're they're all over. They're on Dodger Stadium. They're on the Hollywood sign. And some of these, like some they filmed live, like you can tell the Dodger Stadium one is live. Yeah. And a lot of the skyscrapers are live. The Hollywood sign is badly green screen. Well, because they they green screen people standing on it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you can't stand on it. Like that's not a anyway. I mean, but they're angels, so they I guess teleport. They don't have wings. They don't fly really. 
No, they just teleport. Yeah. Which isn't no, they there... travel at the speed of thought. Hello, it says it. Man, but what if I'm really dumb that day? Are they just like super slow when they're trying to travel? Like not your thought, their thought. Oh, so they teleport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking up another <laughs> angel movie, but I'm just remembering there were giant wings in it. And I was like, honestly, missing the wings. I don't know. I think we've peaked too early on this theme. You're not gonna pick Michael. Are you talking about Angel with the yeah, yeah, yeah the one with the Freaking what's his face? Uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. I'm looking at it right now. I don't know about that. <laughs> if I was going to pick another angel one, it would be the one where Crocodile Dundee pushes a little girl out of the way of a car and then he comes back as an angel. I don't know what you're talking about. Crocodile Dundee 2, Paige. Uh. <laughs> That's not a life. This, this is, is a life. life. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, Paige. Almost an Angel, starring Paul Hogan, written by Paul Hogan. No, I've never heard of this. Mikey, this does not sound like a rom-com at all. Well, we'll find out next week when we watch. No. <laughs> I, Mikey, I think we shouldn't. I, I think your angel theme. I, I'm, I'm not I'm not stuck on it, you know, because we did a lot of them in December. Yeah. I, I just knew that we had to do this. Mm -hmm. My black leather clad angel was touching my shoulder and saying, Pick City of Angels. <laughs> so like one question before we move on. Okay. So when the angels are touching people in these intense moments, are they like calming their feelings? Yes. I think they're calming them down. Because that's what this montage turns into is they're just kind of moving throughout LA, just like putting, like giving people shoulder massages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, how weird would that be if it suddenly felt like someone was touching your shoulders and you're just like, huh and then there was nobody there. Which is kind of counterintuitive to the theme of free will. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Well, if an angel is influencing your decision, but the movie's about an angel having free will enough to make his own decision. Oh, yep. yeah. Mikey, this movie doesn't understand what the fuck it's doing. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> this is a Mikey movie romantic comedy. They threw yeah. so much money and took it so seriously yes, at they this did. movie. Yes, they and did. And it is bonkers the earnestness of this movie and the poor execution of it makes it funny <laughs> come on Vern, we're angels uh <laughs> <laughs> honestly i'd watch that though there is a movie where a where ernest <laughs> dies what is it ernest goes to heaven i, I think it is or ernest <laughs> goes to hell i'm one of them what did Ernest do that he's in hell? Did he kill Vern? Uh, he, he smoked for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually how he died, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Ernest goes to jail. Well, I like this movie trivia. Okay, next scene. Uh, okay, <laughs> so this is where we kind of end that montage, and Captain Holt has to explain to Nicolas Cage that, like, all humans want to be angels. You have to explain to them that we're different species. Because of the movies, which is the same problem we had, you know? Right, yeah. If you all would just read your Bible... <laughs> You'd fucking done no angels weren't people. This movie actually does that work, though, Paige, because it, it didn't assume that they were people beforehand. Right. And, and again, that's not the part I have a problem with. The part I have a problem with is pick a lane. Either the love story is the story or him pissing for the first time is the story. Pick one. Yeah. Yeah. And also, not Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he does fine. I'm just confused by his presence. Honestly, I want, and I know that Vibes happens way before this chronologically. Like, Vibes is like 86 or something. But, like, yeah. Thickum's Goldblum from Vibes, I think, would also work in this. Uh, I was trying to, ooh, Tom Cruise. 
He is a weird dude. Like I would buy He's a that weird he dude. is a Thetan and he has come down. I, I think Nick Cage is perfect casting for this. Johnny Depp would have done good too. But you have to have this bizarre it like. It does have to be weird. You're not yeah. a normal person kind of flavor to kind it. Kind of, but I, I think for me as a straight lady. It just needs to be someone who's fuckable. Yes, because <laughs> otherwise why would she be putting herself in so much fucking danger? Uh, Paige. Do you know how many women I've asked that question to about these sort of <laughs> otherworldly bizarre people that they put themselves in danger for? I do. I cannot fathom it. Like, because here's the, you, you know how we talk about how you guys are like, if a hot lady came up to me, like, this is how I would die. Uh, if Nicolas Cage came up to me, I'd be running in the other direction. <laughs> like, You're a smart lady, Paige, but there are a lot of women. And I have dated people who have held me at such like standards, you know, where like if I did right. something bad, they're like they hold me accountable. There are people out there who will be like, yeah, he like sold my car for drugs, but like I love him. Oh my god. That's an abusive relationship, Mikey. <laughs> I know. The, these are people who haven't even really met yet. But he still looks bizarre as well. <laughs> oh, see, that's unacceptable. You have to bring something to the table. Maybe what he brings to the table is more like in the vitamin water realm that you can't necessarily see. <laughs> or other drugs. The drugs that he sold Probably that drugs. car for. Yeah. And we'll, we'll just we'll just sum it up with not abusive stuff. We'll just say people fall in love with people and sometimes we question that and then they do weird things because of it. I guess, but this is a movie where it's very easy to make a choice that would make me not scared. <laughs> Some people like a little fear. Yeah, maybe Meg Ryan is super into being scared. She's an adrenaline <laughs> junkie. We can tell. I mean, she is a surgeon. <laughs> she also has a boyfriend this whole movie. The whole movie? Like, this movie <laughs> is insane. We haven't even talked about the fact that she is in a, a relation-ass relationship. They break up? They no, break they don't. up before they hook up? No, he proposes and she doesn't answer and he says, think about it. And then she goes to Tahoe to, quote-unquote, think about it and fuck Nick Cage and then die. I think... Her boyfriend, 10 days after this, was like, wait, she went to Tahoe with another guy? Well, yeah. they'll meet each other at the funeral, which is a deleted scene I think we <laughs> needed. I want to know how he fucking organized a funeral with no money and no ID and no anything. He didn't. And then is somehow He has no idea how Somehow to do that. living in her house, they weren't married. She couldn't have left that house to him. No, but he is shown in that house after she's buried. Like, I could see, like, up until the point where she... She's like in the ground, you know, like, right. Cause family members would have access to it and all that shit. But like, no, not months later. You don't live at her house. Yeah. That's why I think they needed to get together for a few months, get married. And then like a year later, she dies. That's not how God works, man. When he heard about Nicolas Cage falling to be human again, he flipped that desk and he was like, kill that surgeon. <laughs> uh, that's not what he did with the guy from NYPD Blue. A guy who shows his butt in this movie and on NYPD yeah. Blue. <laughs> that dude was like. <laughs> that dude just be showing butt all the time. He was. He was like, check out this keister because that's probably a word. <laughs> he would use he looks like a guy that would use keister he looks like what uh and and i mean this as a compliment henry zabrowski of last podcast on the left is going to grow up into he looks like every retired chicago cop to me yes i mean he was very much casted as that when he was acting yeah and this guy which i thought was a good interesting choice i actually love him in this i movie. like him in this movie yeah and i think his role is great like 
His storyline is got one a better of the few story. things that fits for me in this movie. It, it really does work. His falling in love with his wife's story is the story I want. I want. Yes. I don't want Nicolas Cage's story. I don't give a shit about Nicolas Cage. I wanted his story because they actually like had kids and were like in love and yeah. stuff. There is at no point in this movie where Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan are in anything close to love. Yeah, no, it's it's just like At they no just want to rub up on each other. Yeah. yeah, Meg Ryan is super into taking dudes V cards and making them describe her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a troubling kink. She's like, you're a virgin, but you easily look 45. Let's do this. You guys weren't asked to describe what it feels like in your first time. I think I volunteered that information, but I was definitely not asked. <laughs> the only answer I ever get is, uh, uh, uh. yeah, yeah. Hey, you're gonna get a lot of fan mail for that one. <laughs> uh, uh. Hold on, do you want me to text my husband right now and see if I can get an answer? Not necessarily. No, I, I don't I know. I can almost you guarantee the, the world, answer's but... gonna be like, no. Let's fine. just go. Let's just go to the next scene, I guess. God, this movie's gross. You did this to us. Anyway, we gotta move on. She goes to work and she's. A surgeon and and admittedly a very good surgeon the guy wants to meet her before she does surgery she like looks at him and doesn't say anything uh which i thought was strange uh but <laughs> we cut to the surgery it seems to be going fine and then inexplicably he dies on the table despite all efforts to save him and nicholas cage watches the whole time just like look how upset she is yeah <laughs> oh, i'm so turned on by her sadness I do think it's interesting that like the surgery goes well and she like leaves the OR to like yeah. call and probably tell someone that the surgery went well. They're sewing him up, all that well, stuff. Well, another hospital's on the line. And oh, so I think okay. she was going to go to another hospital to do a procedure or yeah, something like could that. Be. But, he, but he codes while she's on the phone. And so they call her back in and she's like massaging his heart while they're trying to get that perfusion machine back up and running to do the bypass. Right, right, but right. But he dies before that take because that takes like yeah. seven minutes or whatever. So 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever they say. Yeah, so she has to go break the news to his family, which has to be one of the hardest parts of being a doctor. Like, I feel like they should have people who are specifically grief counselors for that. Speaking from personal experience, do they? Normally, yes. the doctor will bring one of them with them. There's hospital okay. social workers who do all that stuff. Our chaplain. Yeah, it's sometimes it's a chaplain, which they're also trained in like grief work, right? So like, yeah, yeah they yeah. are. Um, even if you're not like a Catholic or whatever and they bring in a chaplain, yeah. like they can still help you with services and stuff, right? Right. So like th they do that on purpose now. I don't know what it was like. Actually, it wasn't this time. It was a year before this. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, they did it this time too. But I agree. Like I think, obviously I think losing the person would be the worst, right? But then yeah. going mm -hmm. and having to tell their family that this their father passed away, like that would be brutal. <laughs> like yeah, there is something very uncomfortable about about acute grief because there's nothing you can do it's not like a mental yeah. health issue where you can like process you can process but like in the moment like i've told people people have passed after like a suicide or a death and things of that nature yeah i always feel unprepared and i always feel that i'm not good enough to do it as a as a helper it's and like and i've done it before so it's like it's it's just an uncomfortable position yeah i'd imagine it's brutal i really needed nick cage touching my shoulder <laughs> <laughs> 
from her perspective, it's like this element of like, not only does this family not have their person anymore and I feel some responsibility for that, even though I did everything I could do, like also am I bad at my job? Like like when she's really kind of nervous about the next surgery, yeah. I felt like that was very realistic of like, how tough would it be to get like air back on the back horse. in the saddle? Yeah, yes. yeah same. So, Oof. I mean, that is something I would struggle with too. Yeah. But at this point in her career, she would have lost 100 patients. Maybe not that many. She would have lost 10 patients. Like this is not oh, the first patient she's lost because she's not in residency, right. which is for heart surgery at least six years. Like that's post right. med school. You are like in your residency for heart surgery for six years. So she would have lost patients in that time. And she's like a really like a notably good heart surgeon. Yeah, yeah so she's already done residency, fellowship. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she probably did a transplant fellowship, um, all of that stuff, right? So like this is actually like the realm I work in. Yeah. So like I, I interview a lot of surgeons and a lot of them are heart surgeons. So like it's not a short process to be able to come no. a, a surgeon. And Throughout that whole time, you're maybe not the primary surgeon, but you're involved in surgeries all throughout that six years. Right. Because it's sort of like an apprenticeship program. You start out by sort of watching and then you get more and more hands on as you grow through the program. Right. And by the right, end of it, right. you're doing your own surgeries with someone there who's like assisting. Right. Right. But like you would have lost patients in that six years with cases you either did yourself or watched someone do. So like, yeah, the fact that she was struggling with that this late in her career felt weird to me. But if you don't have that like context, you probably don't know enough to know that. I'm of the belief that maybe it never gets easier. Fuck, that could be true. At too. least for her, Shit. maybe that's what made her special. You know, maybe that's why he clued into it because, like, once or twice a year, she gets real sad, and he's into it. Yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey, I could see you being into that. What I did think was interesting was that when she goes to break the news in the waiting room, they're all eating in and out. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's like a ton of in and out bags and cups, but they're like conspicuously in the shot. That's awesome. And she's like, well, speaking of smothered and covered, your dad is dead. <laughs> your dad, much like animal style fries. <laughs> <laughs> Stop eating this or you'll be next. <laughs> yeah, there's, I was going to say, there's a fair amount of fat shaming in this movie. It <laughs> kind of related to that. Although having talked to a ton of cardiovascular surgeons, a lot of them, they won't fat shame because they're professionals, but they will say things that are like, it's nice that you think professionals don't well i mean that's fair too but they won't they do they won't talk to me in a public capacity like they, they, they won't fat yeah, yeah, shame yeah. talking to me because what i say is going to go public right 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 but they will say things like 90 percent of my job could be alleviated through a healthy diet <laughs> which to me is almost the same thing it is the same thing that is exactly the same yeah. it's also not necessarily true because healthy people drop dead of heart attacks all the time I mean, people die of heart attacks of all health. Like there was that that uh, guy who ran like a marathon a day for forty days, and like yep. it was months later, but he died of a heart attack that same year. Yeah, like that's also not great for your body. Well, <laughs> those people don't. Yeah, no, but no, th those are just the same people that you're like. Hey, uh, I fell and hurt my ankle and, you know, if, if you could check it out and they're like, you should lose some fucking weight. And you're like, that had nothing to do with the fact that I fell and hurt my ankle, you asshole. I don't know if you like, heard me. I fell. I fell. I didn't fall over a cheeseburger. It was like, I don't think that is the <laughs> Yeah, I just hurt my ankle. <laughs> Although I wish I had enough cheeseburgers at my house that I could fall over one. That'd be amazing. Honestly, In-N-Out sounds really good. I know. I'm so jealous. 
Like when I saw that family learning that their dad was dead, I was like, fuck, animal style fries do slap though. Like I get it. <laughs> and that is what <laughs> yeah, I would want to yeah, eat yeah. if I just got this news. Unlike Chewies, which is what I actually ate after learning my dad passed away. <laughs> so it's really hard. She has to give them this info. And then she goes to the stairwell and cries because she's yeah. like, well, I, there was nothing I could have done. This was outside of my control. And man, she did way more than she should have. And I think that they sort of show that in the scene, even like mm-hmm. the other yeah. healthcare professionals that are in the OR are like, I mean, you can. You can try. You might want to call it. Yeah. You know, like, so I I mean, it does set her up as like a very caring, sweet person who really cares about the people she's impacting. Right. Now, Nicolas Cage, uh, all he took from this interaction was that she saw him, which she didn't, by the way. If you look in the scene, there's someone behind him that she's looking at. But this is where we get the info from Captain Holt of like who can see angels where it's like only the dying or the delusional. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, why, or delirious is what he says. And I'm like, why Why do those people get to see angels? Like, dying, I get. Delirious, what? And then Holt tells his story of, like, one time a blind lady saw me. Yeah. Well, I think that sort of sets up Messenger being able to right. know he's there but not see him. And then later, Nick Cage can't see Morpheus, but he can feel him. Right. Well, and this also sets up of they they can't see you unless you want them to. And I'm like, that's such an easy loophole of just being like, well, I want this person to see me at this point in time that like, why aren't people seeing angels all the time? Like, I can't imagine that the the angels don't want them to. Yeah, because angels hate humans, I guess. Yeah, I guess because they're just (laughs) it seems like there's so many scenarios in which an angel, at least their desire to help would push them to be seen that I was like, that's such a vague loophole or. We do see them, and then anytime you tell somebody, you go to the hospital. Okay. No one believes you. Yep. I mean, that's fair. I feel like that that explains the coincidences of like when things kind of work out when you're in a tough spot. It also explains why he uses the word delusional when he's talking about the people who can see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. He's like, yeah, we have a way around it. We just make them seem crazy, and then no one <laughs> yeah. believes them. Yeah, we just well, gaslight them into saying all these terrible things, and then they end up in... Like mind prison. I don't know what they would call right. it because angels are apparently aren't very smart about human culture. Despite being around humans all the time. It's so crazy, Paige. Well, this is where they like stop, a, not stop a robbery, but like defuse a robbery. Yeah, so it doesn't turn into a murder. Right. But you're right, Paige. We don't need to see it. Like it, it doesn't need to be there. We already know what their powers are when they touch you because they set it up in another montage. Right. Well, and we then we get another montage of angels at high places uh, in the city. <laughs> Which, by the way, for the first like hour of the movie, we every 15 minutes, there's a wild montage of just like, like tour Los Angeles, (laughs) just (laughs) with them like standing there. It is like helicopter tours, but with like people that look like they're dressed in cloth. The Matrix are standing around like landmarks in L.A. Mm-hmm. She gets to the operating room early to find out that they've rescheduled her surgery because she lost that patient. Yeah. Which I totally understand. Um, but this is where we first meet her boyfriend who's just like, go home and rest. Yeah. And why didn't you call me? And she's like, because I can't sleep when you stay over, which, by the way, we will find out later is because her bed is wildly too small. I know. Right. And he takes <laughs> up three quarters of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, no wonder she can't sleep when he's there. She has a twin bed and she's like, I really can't have guests. I thought at first it was like because they have sex all night or whatever, but it wasn't. It was because she has a tiny bed as a doctor. Who could afford a bigger bed? She acts like she does not like him from the jump. I don't like him from the jump. And that could be because of all the times I've seen him on Law and Order or the fact that he (laughs) looks like 
Grand Moff Tarkin, but like, yeah, he uh, <laughs> like he looks like he should be on the crew of the Death Star. So I inch, like immediately don't trust him. But it was another thing of like, okay, eight years later, when we made the Notebook, we had learned our lesson, and it was Ryan Gosling versus James Marsden, where you're like, this is a difficult choice. Yes, <laughs> this movie, it's just like it's Nicolas Cage versus a guy that's exactly as unattractive as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Take your pick. I honestly think her boyfriend might be more handsome than Nick Cage because he doesn't have the like 50% chance will murder you in your sleep kind of psychotic look in his face. Oh, yeah. Nicolas Cage has crazy eyes and always has. Yeah. On the flip side, he's a very weird person, but seems at least kind. You mean like in real life? Yeah, in real life yeah. in interviews and stuff. I'm like, he seems like he's a weird guy, but at least is cordial. Well, yeah, he's only been human for like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met the man, so I am not speaking from personal experience, but he does seem like someone who would have, or who fans would have like a bunch of like, can you believe he did this kind of stories? Oh, yeah. Not like the good-naturedness of a Keanu Reeves, but like... Right. <gasps> That's who should be in this fucking movie! Oh, my God. Keanu Reeves, even from this time, would have been great in this movie. Oh! Keanu Reeves would have fucking knocked this out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. But he was too busy filming The Matrix while this was going on. He probably... Yeah, he was. Anyway, so... In this movie, we just, we have no good choices. Right. Uh, we get a bunch of shots. And again, this is something that they do for like the first hour of the movie and then less in the second hour. But there's a bunch of long shots of, of Nicolas Cage just like staring into the sun. Paige, there's so much of it. Well, it's because they hear music yes. in the sunrise and the sunset. That's why. They go to the beach to hear that music sure. or whatever as a group. But they look like the weirdest like acapella choir like standing but on a beach. Those are yeah. only the elitist coastal <laughs> angels. The <laughs> Your flyover state angels that wear all denim instead of all black. <laughs> those yeah. angels prefer like I'm proud to be an angel. <laughs> uh, I would say that the angels that we see that like they listen to the choir and everything, they look the way Enya sounds and like <laughs> I don't love it. But also they, they keep cutting. It's like Nicolas Cage every 10 seconds before he and her start talking is just basking in the sunlight. Yeah. Like it happens so often and it's not even just in the morning or the evening. He's just like walking through the library like and he just like catches a sunbeam like a cat and is just like, yes. <laughs> and at this point, he can't feel anything, which is a plot point in right. the movie. Right. So why would he care? But there's so much slow-mo. Like this movie is an hour 40, hour 50, something like that. It's an hour and 54 minutes long. Okay. So if you took out all the slow-mo, it would be an hour and 18 minutes. Like there's Absolutely. so much slow-mo in this movie that is like not needed at all. Right. Uh, this is where he first hears somebody reading Hemingway and, and likes it. And, and he's like, oh, thank God, someone not masturbating in the library. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we cut to the hospital where we meet Mr. Messenger for the first time, who is sneaking some ice cream, which we will find out. Like, once you find out who he is, he makes so much sense to me. Yes. Where it's like, you know, he he knows what it's like to not be human. He's only been human for a certain amount of time. So it fully makes sense that he's like, I'm going to taste everything, like all the things. I was just like, yes. Like his story is so much more interesting. It, it really is. Dude, I wanted his story mm -hmm. even before when I found out he was a fallen angel. When he was just who I thought was like a retired Chicago beat cop 
and is now right. in the hospital, but had the balls to tell the angel that was there to collect him to be like, hey, I ain't dying today. You can fuck right off. When he tells the angel like he's not right. dying, I was like, hell yeah, retired Chicago cop. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But then when you find out like what his deal is, it's so his story is the good story in this movie and the rest of the movie can take a shit. Anyway, <laughs> it's more than 30 minutes into the film and nothing has happened. Uh, so he just kind of stalks her around the hospital. And we do find that she like hides in the nursery just to kind of like be peaceful around the babies. Well, I think she's trying to avoid someone, right? Yeah, she's trying to avoid Messenger's wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they had to move his surgery, they were all a little upset about that. Right, sure. Yeah. And she's not feeling confident in her surgery skills to like, everything's going to be fine because in her mind, she's like, what if it's not fine? Anyway. Sure. But while she's sitting in the nursery, she gets introduced to a baby that's having some sort of mysterious illness that they can't figure out. A baby they like found. Like they don't know oh, anything th- about that I'll get to it, Todd. Oh, okay, okay. Because they found that baby in the dumpster at House of Pies, <laughs> which is a real ass place. <laughs> Wait, they used a real place? Yes, Todd. What? That's what I, I was like. I think you guys mean House of Cream Pies. No, I mean House of Pies. Because it makes a baby page. Yeah, I get it, but I have been to House of Pies, which is why this is like... Here's the thing about doctors. They specialize, and they really don't like other specialties coming to their place and being like, hi, I'm a heart surgeon. I know what's wrong with this baby. And, and yeah. I was like, only if it has to do with its heart. Uh, it had too much pecan pie is what's wrong with that baby. I honestly thought it was going to end up being like a congenital heart defect or something like right, that. That right, she right. would probably... Even though, like, they do have pediatric heart surgeons that specialize in that. But, like, she would probably be able to diagnose that as a a regular heart surgeon, right, for adults. Right, right. Right. But you would just go into the nursery to, like, (laughs) stare at the babies and then be like, I think I'm going to figure this one out. And then have your friend be like, okay. Well, and the fact that it doesn't have anything to do with the baby's heart, I was like, what What is happening right now? I Well, what is happening that somebody left a baby at House of Pies? We have to talk about it. Okay. House of Pies. Is one restaurant. It's not a chain. It's nothing. It's this one. Is it like famous? Like I'm just trying to. I, I wonder why they used the one location, like mom and pop place. Okay, because it's been around for fucking ever. Okay, it's, it's the place where like. It's the place where you go to dump your baby. <laughs> no, oh, that's what's so weird. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's the place where ever like if you don't make your own pies at Thanksgiving and you want nice pies, a lot of people get them from House of Pies. It's essentially like a Denny's before Denny's. Okay. But they have like amazing pies and not much else amazing. Like the food is not great. The service is not great, but it's not so bad that you remember and choose not to go there again. Because anytime somebody's like, do you want to go to House of Pies? Everyone's like, yeah, sure. And then you get there and you're like, man, this place kind of sucks, but the pie is great. What you just described is Cheesecake Factory, by the way. Yeah, but, oh, that <laughs> they is have accurate. Good, they have good cheesecakes, but their food's not great. Like that's- Yeah, that is super accurate. That's the kind of place that we're dealing with. So unless the person like gave birth to that baby in the bathroom at House of Pies after eating too much pie or just was like walking past it and was just like, this seems a good spot as any. It was just wild to me that it was House of Pies. I mean, I could definitely see it being a food baby, but not an actual baby. Right. Right. Yeah. Turns out the reason this baby is so colicky is it's actually a lemon meringue pie. <laughs> like, not a baby. Anyway, House of Pies. We'll go. The next next time you guys are in LA, we'll go. To I House totally of Pies. would go. I don't hate cream pies. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
so she talks about a little bit of like why she's hiding from the the wife yeah like, messenger's wife uh and then we cut to later that night where it's implied that she's like walking back from where she was and this is where she runs into Nicolas cage in the hallway by the way a dark fucking hallway and yeah she's just like are you visiting somebody and he's like i'm visiting you run run <laughs> away i mean okay so we know well maybe we don't know at this point I'm that he has to see you i mean it is weird though mikey like he does virtually say exactly everything that. he says to her is weird yeah yes and then later she's just like flicking the bean about it and i'm like girl no yeah she's like oh i'm really turned on by creepy dudes that stay after visitor hours like here here's the thing y'all gave me shit for being like i would totally fall for the guy in fresh but that's like a guy in a grocery store being like you're really cool can i get your number like doing it normal no, no. we gave you shit because you said you would sleep with him after you knew he was a cannibal and eating other people no that is not what i said that is I, but also <laughs> you don't have a choice you're trapped in his house this is just like the last serial killer movie we did where you said even though he's a serial killer, I think I would still sleep with him because of those shoulders. <laughs> he was killing rapists, okay? For the record, we're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, where it's a Santa <laughs> that goes around murdering people. That Paige is like, you know, up to the point he goes on his garbage day killing spree, he could get it. Yeah, because he had only killed rapists and my shitty ex-boyfriend. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's a lot to unpack. As a, you know, he's basically Dexter. <laughs> he, he's not. He's not. De okay, we can't. But like, that's like if like you're like, well, if Nicolas Cage murdered a bunch of people and was like, I came for you, but like they were bad people. Like, yeah, okay. Now, here's here's my thing. This interaction is so beyond the norm. I don't understand her reacting to it that way. It is madness. I agree with you because like. He just stands there saying creepy, weird things. And, and she's like, you should get out of here. Security's going to think you're a psych patient. I was like, girl, you should call security. Yeah, <laughs> like, you should think he's a psych patient. Yes. He's there after hours saying weird shit. People make really bad decisions. And like her relationship with Nick Cage. Now, granted, he turns out to actually be an angel. But she got lucky. Yes. But there are people out there. Who make those kind of bad decisions. Oh, you mean like the kind of people who will ride their bike down a hill for three minutes with their eyes fully shut? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paige, she's not what I would call street smart. She's book smart. <laughs> I agree 100%, Mikey. <laughs> she's definitely not street smart. She kept her eyes closed. <laughs> yeah. There are a lot of smart people who make a lot of dumb decisions and- Humanity is complex. That's all I will say. I, I don't find it unrealistic because I see it every day. I'm just like, why? How? How did this happen? Like, how did this series of events start? As a woman, he is so terrifying to me. I had trouble hey, connecting with this good movie at all. Street smart. I guess. There were millions of women in 1998 who were like, that, that were super 100%. <laughs> I know he has crazy eyes and a trench coat where he could be hiding weapons, but <laughs> there's a lot of people who are like, I can fix people. And like, that's a bat. Like not my job, not my business, mm -hmm. but there, it happens. But here's the thing. This isn't fixed. This is might be a serial killer. Right. Like, I mean, I think your instincts are right. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so if you're a listener and you want to come up and say hi to me in public, 
please don't wear a trench coat. <laughs> what if it's raining and he's a detective? Oh, okay. Now I'm back into it. Uh, it's his last name, Stabler. <laughs> he's got a fedora on. No. He's like, come with me. You want to live, see? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. He's a 1920s Kyle Reese. But yeah, the whole this whole thing is the opposite of what you said during Terminator, which is she should have ran completely. She should have. Here, here's the thing. She does run from him in Terminator, and that makes sense. He has a shotgun and a trench coat. She is fully within her rights to run away from him. Oh, I love it. Okay, continue. I'm not defending it. I just think it's hilarious. Here's the thing. Once we find out that he is not a crazy person, then I kind of get it. I don't think we ever find out that he's not a crazy person. I mean, he is a crazy angel, and then he becomes a crazy person. Like, he is crazy this entire movie. I meant in Terminator. Oh, like, once we, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because she sees that it's a robot. Like, th th there's a certain point at which Kyle Reese is kind of proven to be true through the circumstances. Right. In this movie, That's he's never the just case. repeatedly <laughs> weird, and she's just so hot for it, and I can't understand it. Oh, yeah, she goes back to listen to some uh, music in the bath you know what i'm saying <laughs> look emo happened i was an emo kid that's I not know. this <laughs> just saying emo kid is why i still want to have sex with the lead singer of fallout boy that's not this <laughs> well i mean i don't know what the lead singer for fallout boy is doing now but we could probably get um, him on he's the writing the theme songs for spider-man cartoons <laughs> that my godson watches that's what he's doing now i mean it's better than guest starring on a cw show and then having sex with an underage co-star in the show who is that p wentz she's in high school no that's not the that's not who i'm talking about he's not the lead singer yeah he's the bass player oh well it's the same thing it's not the same thing unless you're sting then you're both then you're both yeah no to <laughs> clarify i mean i mean patrick stump who has the voice of an angel but his last name is stump and you know how his family got that name don't you because he's like five foot four and I don't care. Still into it. <laughs> there's no, there's just no accounting for taste. There, you guys have all experienced this. We're like, you have a friend who like really talks up the new person that they're with and like, you know, they're gorgeous and they're so smart and they're so funny and all that. And then you like meet them and you're like, oh man, that is a bologna sandwich of a person. <laughs> I mean, that, that <laughs> is true. I, <laughs> the one, one of those in my life recently got married and I was like, no, they got married. <laughs> who settled for Dennis? Like, that's what Paige was thinking. You mean Dennis from the Dennis system? Well, I just made up a name because I don't know who you were referring to, nor do I want you to out who you were referring to. Oh, I'm not going to out them. Yeah, yeah. That's why I just made up a name. I, I will not out them. Anyway, so we cut to her performing the surgery the next day, and she's kind of like singing to herself, and he's listening to her thoughts, and she's like, you got to live through the surgery so you can give me your friend's phone number, and he's the friend. Yeah. And he's just like, ooh. Then we cut back to her apartment slash house. I think it's a house uh, worth millions where she's like feeling herself in the bathtub. Yeah. And like, first of all, I want her bathtub set up. Her bathroom looks amazing. It's good to be rich. Mm -hmm. Secondly, he's basically just like watching but not watching her get herself off in the bathtub. I mean, okay, I get it. What's wrong with that? I get it. <laughs> she doesn't know it's happening that's what's wrong with that uh, god's angels are always watching i mean i would i would argue that if she's read the bible she understands what is <laughs> possible right so is that on her yeah probably i think ah, this is kind ah. of a shitty take uh, that uh, a love uh, interest uh, doesn't need consent to watch somebody masturbate i'm just like i'm just gonna i'm not saying a love interest i'm saying yeah you know 
a spiritual divine power in the world watches me masturbate that like i am a religious person so i know that something <laughs> out there has watched me masturbate today sure but are they going to use that information to then like capture you into a thing i hope so if a very nice lady who was an angel appears i think i feel less weird about it because she's masturbating to him without his consent so do we know she's masturbating to him yeah yeah because she's think you're hearing her thoughts and oh, she's yeah, like yeah, thinking yeah. about him while the craziest paula cole song plays where it's this whole like pistol into stamen uh like amazon running between my thighs i was like the lyrics to this song are fucking mad why is she singing about pollinating flowers like what are we doing right now uh because it's a song about sex although of course i mean is. if you guys had seen the classic grease 2 you'd know that there's a history of sex songs about flowers but whatever i guess it no, makes the sense because the, the birds and the bees I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. That, that checks mm -hmm. out anyway so she finishes masturbating and then tries to go to sleep she wakes up at three in the morning and masturbates again. Oh, right? Because then you get back to sleep. Anyway, but like, <laughs> this is where she finds out that he left her the Hemingway book. Yes. And if I lived alone and found a book I did not recognize, someone broke it. Like, change the locks. I think you make the assumption that she does here, Paige, because yeah. she assumes that her boyfriend, who stays over occasionally, like, left it and then was like, hey, read this passage. It was important or whatever. Yes, because she comes home and he's already there one time. So he has a key. Yeah. So that that's a fair assumption. We don't know that quite oh, yet. Oh, no. Yeah. And so my first thought was like, fucking run. Yeah. Like, because like when I lived alone, I knew where I put everything because I yeah. was the only one putting things places. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she comes to work the next day and finds him on the roof and is just like, hey, thanks for leaving me this book. And he's like, I didn't leave you that book. And instead of being like, oh, my God, she, like, goes to the library to try and solve the mystery herself. Yeah, she's like, huh, weird. I guess I'll become a detective for the next 20 minutes of this movie. She yeah. has no street smarts. <sighs> she also has no cases that day because she has just an open free day, apparently. Yeah, well, and <laughs> I have in my notes, if I found it in my house, now I have to move. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> even if I change the locks, they know where I live. But so she goes to the library. And what I... What I was waiting for was for the librarian to be like, it's not checked out. Yeah. You know, because how would he have checked it out, right? An angel stole this. Thank you for yeah, returning an angel it. stole yeah, it. Yeah. Thanks for... Books are always going missing. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. Angels live at libraries. <laughs> so fucking <laughs> This movie's weird. insane. But so he shows up in the library to talk to her again and quotes the Hemingway book, yeah. which of course now I'm like, Oh my God, the creepy guy I saw at the hospital broke into my house to leave me this. I need to fucking move states. Like, this is. Well, and it's not like he quotes something like prophetic or, you know, interesting. He quotes Hemingway describing what a food tastes like. like yeah, that's oysters. Weird. And he's like really excited about it. He's like, not enough writers describe their food. Food. Okay, so one of the common things that when people do talk about Hemingway is he does describe taste a lot. I mean, like yeah, it is does. a common thing. I mean, cool, but if someone is like fetishizing Hemingway because he describes food, and that's your second interaction with that person, you're at college. Yeah, that's true. You're in college <laughs> in the English department. Yeah. Um, but this is also where he he does the like, oh, I read a lot. I live here. I I'm a messenger, a messenger from God. And it, I'm like, a man who just told you he lives in the library in a trench coat, 
told you God is giving him messages. Fucking run. But he's very run clean away. Because he can't get dirty because he's not corporeal. I don't care how clean he is. When a man told me that shellfish would solve my fat problems at the store where I worked, I ran from that guy too. Like, I don't care. This is so beyond. I cannot believe you disrespected your angel like that. <laughs> he was a weird, very strange man. He's an angel. <laughs> I don't like Paige, it. Paige, you like could it. be getting dicked down right now by your angel the night before God murders you. <laughs> no, I just like a world in which the weirdest people who approach you and tell you nonsensical things are like God's messengers and it never gets through because of the delivery. <laughs> yeah, Take a left at the stop sign when you drive today or you'll die. Oh my God. And then you just turn right and die immediately. And he's like, I keep trying to save them. I keep trying to help. Anyway, he at one point is like, close your eyes. And I was like, run, he's a serial killer. Cause he like touches her and he's like, what am I doing? Touching your hand? Cause you feel it. And he's like, you don't trust that enough. And it's just so, and all the other angels are watching and he's like, let's go somewhere. And she's like, where? And he's like, anywhere. What do you want to do? Anything. And I thought for sure they were going to bone down. Immediately. In the hall. Yeah. like Because yeah. that's like the vibe of that scene. The only time I have ever said, let's go anywhere and do anything has been in those kind of moments. Yes. Of life. Yes. I want this person in a primal way. I will. I just, I really like them. I want to spend time with them. But okay, so here's my theory on this because you have to, to for this movie to make sense, she has to feel that he's safe or something else other world worldly about it. Like his angelic influence is making her feel okay with him. That doesn't her make creepy. me feel better about no, it. No, <laughs> it takes away all consent, which yeah, kind of what the angels do on the planet when they touch somebody. So if he's touching her hand and being like, Come with me, she like, come with me. Yeah, exactly. Come with me if you want to fuck. Ooh, that's the only explanation. <laughs> that's the only explanation for her ignoring every red flag. Okay, 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 okay. But if you have the opportunity to have sex with a mythical creature, would you take it? What kind yeah, of well, mythical creature? Do I get to pick the mythical creature or do you assign one? Well, I mean, it could be a siren. It could be an angel. It could be a vampire. You, you, There's no physical danger. You know that they are otherworldly. I think I'm going to go werewolf. Okay. During their transformation period. So you want to fuck the beast before you kiss him is what you're saying. No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Okay. I want Joe Manganiello from True Blood. Like, oh, that's yeah. what I want. Okay. So you want a werewolf before they transition like, I want, on a full moon I want night. My, my husband, who then also is sometimes a wolf, I guess. Yeah. Or a ghost or something like that. Like any, Like anything that's not human. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, I, I, and I get that like vampires still appear human. It would have to be something that appears human because yes, humans yeah, yeah, are yeah, the yeah. right kind of shapes that just like do what, it for me, right? What about like a hot alien? I mean, are we? But you know what? Let's let's not talk about that. That's got to be a different theme. Yeah. And we're not gonna we're not there yet. We're not watching species. <laughs> we're not there yet. That's a that's a horror virgin thing. <laughs> anyway, they go to Grand Central Market where he watches her eat, which is something that many men used to offer online when I was still online dating. And it has never been comfortable. Please don't do that to people. Yeah. It's creepy. <laughs> but he wants her to describe what pears taste like. It's which, gross. by the way, pick a different fucking fruit, man. Like, I have, I have had 
one set of good pairs in my life and it was the one that my friend sent me from a fancy place like just grocery store ass pairs no thank you well you can't do peaches because the whole face off thing i fucking love peaches (laughs) i could eat a peach all day day. plums any kind of stone fruit i don't really like fruit very much so i'm not really a fruit boy i don't like the way you said fruit boy oh do you eat fruit are you a fruit boy mikey I am a person who enjoys eating fruit. I love so you're a fruit. fruit boy. Okay, cool. Thank you for outing yourself as a fruit boy. I'm that a vegetable like... boy. Ew. I like vegetables too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she takes him to the lab where he gets to see other people's lab results. Now, this might be pre-HIPAA. I think it is pre-HIPAA, but it is wild, like HIPAA violations now, right? <laughs> That's so wild. Uh, and he's like sniffing her. Oh, yeah. He can't smell anything. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, but... he, doesn't, he doesn't have like those types of senses, so he can't smell her. He's smelling her thoughts. <laughs> oh, these thoughts smell different. Dirty. These thoughts smell smell vaguely fishy. I don't know. Anyway, uh, she gets paged, so she has to leave. And she just leaves him in the lab after describing what tears are. Yeah. And my thought was like, what if somebody else finds him there in the lab? Like, what if another nurse is like, who the fuck are you? (laughs) Like, And I guess they can't see him, so it doesn't matter. But she doesn't know that. And I'm just like... What is she thinking leaving him there? Anyway, so she saves uh, Messenger's life because his tube gets blocked. Yeah. And this is where he kind of, I think, first senses that Nicolas Cage is around. But regardless, she goes home and her boyfriend's waiting and is like, let's just fucking go camping. And I'm like, you can't just surprise people with vacations right after they like lose a patient and shit like there are probably like review boards you have to be available for right yeah even if you didn't do anything wrong and there is literally no suspicion that she did anything wrong yeah it is just like you know they want to review the case because they had a negative outcome which makes sense but an m&m review yep anytime somebody just surprises people with a vacation i'm like this is not usually a good idea because like they have to pack and like they want to have their certain thing like just tell people <laughs> like just be like hey would you like to go on this vacation yeah you have time to prepare for it now <laughs> yeah like um but he's like let's go camping let's go camping they don't but they do end up having sex and it's implied that nicholas cage watches yeah so i was gonna bring this up because if i was super into a lady i would not want to see her bone down some other dude yeah. Even if I was spiritually unavailable. You're a that's a very human emotion. I mean, that's fair. Do you think it was just curiosity? I think he was like, I want to know what she likes so I can do it right when I'm human. I want to know what sex is. I, I giving it the <laughs> most benefit of the death. Like the most benefit. Yeah. Is that like if he doesn't feel most feelings and or like understand why people do this stuff because he has no physical yeah. like he's just like studies it like you study people eating food you don't understand. You're like, I don't understand why you're doing this. Or it's like when you go to a coffee shop to like people watch because that's yeah. fun sometimes. Like like that sort of a vibe. But still, like that's a person you're romantically interested in. I don't think I could watch them have sex. Well, I don't even think he knows he can be romantically interested. Like it's so bizarre. The movie is so bizarre. Yeah, I mean, this does bring me to my question that I've been dying to ask you. Okay. Does he have a dick when he's an angel? 
or Ooh, does falling I'm and becoming a human make him? Have I don't a dick? think he had. Yes, I think falling is when he gets his dick. I think he has one, but it doesn't feel anything. So like it's there, but it doesn't do anything. My question was: Do you have trouble watching actors or actresses that you have crushes on in sex scenes? Because it's kind of the same. No, because I know I'll never be able to get with them. Oh my god! Exactly, it makes perfect sense. Exactly, yeah. Because that, because I was just thinking about this for a moment, and I'm like, it doesn't bother me in that context. Just like my neighbors. I mean, kind of, but <laughs> I'm also, kidding, I'm kidding. it's <laughs> it's this idea of like, what would that be like? Because it's not something I can experience. But this is why you turn off every sex scene that Henry Cavill's done. Because you're like, no, mama's saving that for the real life experience. Not at all. No. I got that shit bookmarked, especially because he doesn't really do sex scenes anymore, which is kind of He bummer. doesn't, Whatever. yeah. It's like a thing. But you know what? Other people picking up the slack. Uh <laughs> also, happy new year, everyone. We we're oh, we're yeah. recording this on the first. We are, yeah. Last night I couldn't fall asleep because of the gunshots and fireworks. Yeah. So I watched the first forty five minutes of this on Hulu, and then I woke up this morning to find out the Hulu agreement with this movie expired and I had to repay and watch the movie <laughs> off of Prime. And it might be the most frustrating I've ever started a new year. That's so funny. I, I like woke up and I was like, I paused it at 52 minutes and I was like, okay, because I, I couldn't sleep. I went to bed. I woke back up. I was like, I'll start City of Angels. There's too many loud noises. I can't sleep. And I was like, okay, I'll just start it out. I wasn't in a bad mood about it. I was just like, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll just watch some of it now. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. This movie's crazy. And then so I paused it. I was like, I'm sleepy now. There's no noise. I'm going to go to sleep. And then I woke up, turned on Hulu, and it was like not even under like resume watching. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? And then I searched it. It was gone. And then I Googled like, you know, where it says like, the list of places it streams. It's all been removed. And the time I went to sleep, <laughs> everything changed. Okay, Mikey, I happen to have a favorite one. It's not Henry Cavill. It's not important. We don't need to go and get into no, it. No, I demand we know what your favorite one is. Like, I have to know. <laughs> I gotta know. Absolutely not. Okay. But I have had to buy it multiple times on multiple streaming services because it keeps moving streaming services. And right now... Just buy the movie page. I No, I know, Mikey. That's the thing. But, like, then it gets... It's not a super popular movie, so it, like, gets discontinued. Do you know how hard it is to find the secretary mikey it's not that <laughs> that's not that hard so like right now i like i have stars through amazon to watch outlander and apparently this is available through stars right now but as soon as it's not available on stars i'm probably gonna have to buy it wherever it else is um but yeah so i understand your pain a bit and what was it again you told us but you, i forgot no i did not tell you and uh, you're sneaky, but you're not going to win. Oh, well. <laughs> anyway, this is where Nicolas Cage goes to talk to uh, Mr. Messenger, which I don't love the way he's like, eh, the doctor's a little flat chested, but all he needs a handful. I was just like, ugh, ugh. That didn't age great. Yeah. It didn't age great, but this is where he's like, you and I should go talk because we have stuff to talk about. Yeah. So he takes him out to a diner in his backless gown. Yeah. He's like, still in wearing his hospital, hospital gown. gown. Yeah. 
He's a great dude. Honestly, that dude just wanted to show the world his ass. Honestly, it seems like his main motivation in life. Yeah. But he basically is like, I'm a former angel. I felt like this is how you do it. And I did it for this woman I loved. So I understand what you're going through. And this is our first. This is like an hour plus into the movie. The first time we've introduced the idea that this could even be possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Which now in retrospect makes everything creepy. It does. Yes. Although it does position it that like Nick Cage didn't even know this was an option, right? Right. Anyway, they go sit on top of a skyscraper because it turns out he works in construction because he's not afraid of heights. Right. I'll burn a fun fact. Both actors super afraid of heights. Same. But had to film that scene live. Oh, did they? Yes. Shit, they did a great job. I assume that scene was green screened, honestly. It was not. That's impressive, man. Good for them for overcoming that and being able to do it because like- I, and Mikey, I know you don't like heights either, but I hate them. Like, I, there's no way I could act normally under that circumstance that they're on. Like, oh, yeah, it would be I, so terrible. I once climbed up like a four story ladder on top of a school because there was like a kid wanting to jump off. And I did good going up like a hero. It was like a hero moment for me. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing it. And I got there. Everything was fine. We got everything. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you push the kid off. But coming back down, <laughs> like it was harder to come back down because everyone was booing you. They're like, boo, you murdered this child. <laughs> there was like a ton of firefighters. There's a ton of police officers. There's sure, a ton sure, of people sure, in the room, sure, like sure. 15 people. We had to, and then like all of a sudden, it's just me and one other guy. And, and I was like, he like turned to me and I turned to him, and he was like, I'm deathly scared of heights. And I was like, me too. And then like we struggled together. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was like me and him. It was like, never met him before. Don't remember him. In that moment, he, we were there for each other. It was like, we can do this. It was like a very encouraging stranger moment. I guarantee you, if you saw that guy in the wild again, you would recognize each other and be like, hey. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Because you like had that emotional moment together. Yeah, and I was like, I can't breathe. I'm so scared now. <laughs> and that just shows like the power of having a real human moment with strangers. Yeah. Well, thank God I had Nick Cage touching my shoulders to get me up there. Uh, yeah, and Captain Holt was with the other guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, but they went to the library before I could climb down. <laughs> oh, he also warns him about cigarettes here. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he asks like, "Hey, do they still hear the choir at dawn and and you know sunset?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Can you take me?" So they go, and he can't hear it, but he runs into the ocean. Is like, "You can't. I can't hear this, but you can't feel this." Yeah, he's like, "You might be able to hear the angelic hordes singing every sunrise and sunset, but I can body surf." Whoa! Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's what? like I know what sex are- is. Yeah, like those two things are not comparable. I know what sex is would be better. Like body surfing? Okay, I mean, I get that it's fun, I guess, but like, I I think I'd rather hear the angelic hordes singing every sunrise and sunset. I don't know, because there's so many things that he tries, because he tries body surfing later, and I kept waiting for, for him to be like, this one's overrated. <laughs> like, the sand is itchy. There's salt in my eyes. Like, yeah. pass. No, I mean, like, the message of the movie is, like, the human experience is so important that it out, uh, like it outweighs grief or whatever. I mean, like, I think that's what it's trying to say. Oh, mm. but it does such a haphazard job of saying it. Yeah. Anyway, she runs into him in the park later because he's fully stalking her. It's not stalking if you could just teleport. That's still stalking, Mikey. <laughs> I think it's just more convenient stalking. Yeah, yeah, it's just convenient stalking. He didn't follow her there. He just thought about it and appeared there. There's a difference. It's like first degree to second degree. 
No. You saying that made me think to myself, we need a Close Encounters type scale for angel movies. Like Close Encounter of the Third <laughs> uh-huh. Kind is when like you see one face to face or whatever. She's goes all the way. Yeah. Angel she Encounters of the Seventh angel. Kind yeah. is like when you bone down an angel. No, no, no. We'll just go by bases. Like she went all the way to fourth base with this. This is the yeah. This is a Close Encounter of the Fourth. Like time. Angels in the Outfield rules. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how you both said fourth base and not like home plate. Or like a home run or whatever. Well, like, base. No, we're yeah. sports people. Yeah. I'm a sports boy. <laughs> I had to ask when the Super Bowl was the other day so well, I can plan appetizers. Oh shit! Has football started? <laughs> oh my god. We're sports boys. Sports boy. <laughs> I was just saying, home plate implies that you wanted to go there, but with these otherworldly beings, consent is kind of no nebulous. I'm just gonna say fourth mm. base. You think they're walking those balls. <laughs> we should move on. <laughs> oh, little did you know that sex scene, Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> Paige, I knew it was. I knew it was funky butt loving. Oh, wait, that's rookie of the year. Never mind. Sorry. Yeah, Sorry. Year. My bad. <laughs> anyway, she's like, hey, we're releasing your friend, Mr. Messenger. We're having a going away party. Will he be there? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, She's like, this is my dog, Earl. And he's like, oh, yeah, he told me his name. And he also says that you never sleep and he likes to see you smile. What about your boyfriend? Which, by the way, he has never met that boyfriend. He would have no way to know about the boyfriend. Well, I think the dog may have told him. Maybe. Stalker Central. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, if somebody came up to me, like, here now, here's the thing. As a, as a podcaster, I forget what I say on the show all the time. Same. People might come up to me and say things about me that I didn't realize they knew. So I get that that is an experience I have. But as like a regular ass person who doesn't do that, if somebody came up to you and was just like, how's the pie you ate yesterday? I'd be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, well, and that, There's a moment like that when they first meet because he calls her by her first name and he, she's like, how yeah. did you know my name? And she's like, he's like your badge. But then she looks at her badge later on after the scene. And it's, it's just her first initial, not her first name. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. that should have been the clue right there that this dude, has been thinking about this interaction for two years while he stalks you through a telephoto lens. Yeah, exactly. And in this scene, this is the one where, like, first of all, she's fully cheating on her boyfriend at this point because she's like, I wait around all day hoping for just one minute with you. Like, who are you? Are you married? Are you homeless? Like, whatever. Yeah. And why don't you ever touch me? And I'm like, because he is a stranger and you've only met twice and also he's a stalker, but also he's an angel. Like Question what mark? You've, <laughs> you've had two questions. You've had two conversations with this guy. He could also be a vampire. Like all of the things add up to either angel or vampire and you have not questioned it. Or he could just be a gentleman because this is the second time you've met and you have a boyfriend. Yes. That he somehow knows about. Well, yeah. Well, he knows about it because he watched them have sex. Yeah, I mean, well, come on, Paige. We Keep know up. that, but she doesn't know that. Like, <laughs> right, right. What I needed in that sex scene was Meg Ryan clearly being able to see Nick Cage. And, and turning and watch like eye contact. Yeah. yeah, Paige. This is yeah. part of it, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> this is Thomas S. Pumpkins for me. <laughs> David, David, David S. Shit, shit, my bad. I, I keep doing that. It's part of Thomas it. Thomas Pumpkins is his brother. Uh, anyway, <laughs> if I was on a second or third date and I turned to the girl I was with and I was like, why haven't you? Why don't you touch me? They would leave. Yeah. yeah. 
However, <laughs> if I was on a second date and said, why haven't you touched me? I'm pretty sure a guy would just then proceed to touch oh, me. Oh, yeah. 100%. And listen, 100%. If I was on a date and I was like nervous, you know, because you get nervous on dates and you're like, should I try and make the first kiss move? If a girl said that to me, that would be a clear yes. Please kiss me. Yeah, like yeah, type yeah. move, please, right? Please, but if, dear God. But yeah. if I if I said that unprovoked, it's a different vibe, right? Like no, very very different vibe. <laughs> yeah, very different vibe. Anyway, they kind of part on not great terms because he's like, I can't make you understand, and she's like, I'll see you around, like whatever. Yeah, but then. He comes to the party, which seems to be at the docks. <laughs> like <laughs> Maybe they live on a houseboat, guys. Who knows? It's implied that this is like the pier of Los Angeles because that's the background, which so maybe he lives like Long Beach adjacent, but it's like it's a wild location, but whatever. Yeah. Everyone at the party can see him. So I guess this is a case where he's like, made himself visible to everybody but he's not showing up in that polaroid photo right well it's just like bright light in that polaroid mm -hmm. photo they take yeah right and he's like a family friend but no one seems to know him i do when when someone asks where he's from he goes up and then yeah. messenger has to step in and be like up north canada. yeah he, he, canada yeah he says up north in canada yeah, yeah. but i like how yeah. his like immediate response was up i mean to his credit i don't think he ever lies in this movie yeah i don't i don't think he does <laughs> but like it's in a weird way like you probably should lie in that situation well he doesn't know he can are you maybe he can't oh shit yeah he doesn't have free will page i think you're right he can't lie yeah um but she brings him home with her regardless and they're like cooking dinner and she watches as he's and she's asking him questions because now after this party she's like none of these people knew you who the fuck are you? And so he's like cutting lettuce and like cuts through his thumb. And so then she goes and like tries to slice through his hand with a knife. Nothing happens. Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, like if I thought I saw Mikey cut his thumb off, but he didn't. Right. I wouldn't then test the theory by stabbing his hand. Right, right, right. She's a little murderous. I think maybe she was like, well, I could stitch it up if I needed to. <laughs> I guess my concern is... That she's going to run into some close-up magician and think he actually, right? <laughs> like, removed his thumb. And then she's going to stab his thumb off, right? Like, what are yeah, we talking tragedy about? tragedy at the Magic Castle this week. <laughs> but so uh, she's like, what's going on? And he's like, well, I don't feel things the way a human does. And she's like, what the fuck are you? And he's like, I came to take Mr. Balf. And again, I'm like, vampire. It could still be vampire. 100%. Uh, but... He's like, I came to take Mr. Balford. I watched you. You did everything you can, but there was nothing you could do or yeah. whatever. I was with you in the stairwell. Yeah. You Didn't you feel me touch you? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, and, and she's just like. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I can't even conceive of. I can't conceptualize what this is. Get the fuck out. And she opens her eyes and he's gone. Yeah. It's their first fight. Right. He and his friend, angel friend, are like at the airport talking about it. Yeah. Uh, then he ends up smoking in a bar. But this is where we get the song, The Arms of the Angel, the Sarah McLaughlin one. Yeah. It's the first time I've heard that song and not cried. Because normally they're showing like sick and sad like, puppies. Yeah, abused puppies. And, and kitties that need help. He looks yeah. like a sad puppy. A pug. <laughs> he certainly is pugly. I do think that in this scene, they show him just mirroring the emotions of the person next to him because even though he should be sad at this moment, 
he doesn't, he doesn't feel know what emotions. Sad is. Yeah. So like he is at a bar knowing he should be sad, but is mimicking the guy who was actually sad next to him. And that to me is a bonkers directorial or writer choice in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's it's strange. Yeah. And like she is like at Grand Central Market alone and then she comes home to her house and it seems like somebody throws the ball in from the rain. Yeah. For Earl. And she's like, Seth, are you here? And she's walking around a house that, like, now that we have a better look at it, is worth millions. Definitely. But she's a doctor. I honestly thought that that made sense yeah, to me she that she could, could live there. Yeah, she could probably afford it. But in this yeah. scene, if you just change the music, it is a horror movie. Oh, yeah. It's sleeping with the enemy. Yes. Well, it's yeah. sleeping with the enemy and also a little bit of, like, lights out, right? Because yeah. she can't see the thing that's attacking her, right? Mm -hmm. But she's, right. like, calling out to it that this ball bounces and she has to go over and close and lock the window. Like, it's right. real creepy. But the music is, like, in the arms of an angel. <laughs> so she can't see him. But she's, like, feeling herself. And yeah. for a hot second, I was like, is he going to watch her masturbate again? <laughs> like... A second time in this movie. Um, but no, she's just like, stay with me till I fall asleep. And she finally sleeps through the night. Well, and he like cuddles up. They like spoon. Although I don't think she can yeah. see him, but she can probably feel him because he's touching her. But yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so she cuts to the, the next day. She bikes to work and she's like, the baby can't sleep. I know because I just slept. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> so what we need to do is have a angel like come and just cuddle him while he sleeps at night and then the baby will be fine the next day. Right. Well, they they find some sort of like blocked nasal passage or yes. whatever. So they do uh, uh they do surgery immediately based on her one suggestion. I mean, we also <laughs> do see her like doing like a research montage of what right. it could be because it is outside of her specialty. So I guess that makes sense, but still. Well, she tells the sure. other doctor who and the other doctor runs the test. It was like, "Oh, you're right." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the other doctor does the surgery too cuz yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but we cut to uh, she's in the locker room and her boyfriend shows up and is just like, will you marry me? We're the same species. And I was like, mm, now I don't think we are. Well, I mean, <laughs> I know for a fact they are. She is in love with someone who is not her species, right? Yeah. But if if someone ever comes up to me and is like, I need to tell you that we're the same species. I'm like, back up, alien. We are not, not. just that. Not just that. <laughs> That's their thoroughly thought out proposal. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not good at heart stuff except for heart surgery. <laughs> so that's a good opening line for a heart surgeon proposal. But then yeah, what yeah, you yeah. got to do is then knock down all of the emotional stuff. You got to like nail all of the emotional mm -hmm. beats of what comes right. after that. And then that's actually like a wonderful proposal. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Except like for the this. part where he's like, we're both humans. <laughs> right. We are the same species. Who are doctors? We doctor together yeah honestly like his sales pitch for you should marry me is very eugenic e and i'm yeah. not here for it we need to breed the smarts to take <laughs> over the world that's the speech my mother gives me when i'm like i don't know if i will have children because they seem incompatible with my life and i don't like them as people and she's just like <laughs> we've got to outbreed the dumbs if idiocracy taught me anything my favorite Mike Judge documentary, it's that you can't outbreed the dumbs. Because, Paige, we will always have more. Yeah, 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 I know. Because the dumbs don't look around a one-bedroom apartment and be like, this would be a nightmare. A child shouldn't live here. No, it's because the dumbs are like, nah, I don't think it feels as good with a condom, and that's a good enough <laughs> excuse to not wear one. 
counterpoint. It doesn't. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing neither of us are fathers, Mikey, but we definitely are the dumbs. Not that I know of. Anyway, so she's like, I need to think about it. <laughs> Which, by the way, if anyone's ever like, I should, I need to think about it, that's a no. Paige. I think she was about to say no, yeah. and he reframes it to, why don't you think about it? Because yeah. she's pretty adamant, no. Which, yeah. listen, even if you want to marry this dude, if his idea of a proposal is sit on your locker room bench and hand you a ring, like, he should think it out better. Like, I would understand being like, not now, try this again. Here's the thing. I don't, <laughs> I don't care that much about how the proposal goes down. And maybe I'm unique that way. But my thing is, by the time you're proposing and talking about that, you should have a pretty good idea of what the answer is probably going to be. Yeah. And so if someone's like, yeah. I need to think about it, you're not so sure about what the yeah. answer is. If you say, let me think about it, you're about to get broken up with. Yes. Yeah. Also, don't. Yeah. Maybe don't spring a proposal on someone. Absolutely not. Hey, guys. Paige here. I know the movies and a lot of things have perpetuated <laughs> this idea that proposals have to and should be a surprise. They don't. Uh, you can decide together to enter into a legal contract with the government for your relationship. Uh, and sometimes it's cool. Then you get to like choose your rings together and shit. It's not, it's not bad. As somebody who does not have a typical proposal story, but rather a collaborative effort, embrace it. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't care if you're only getting married for like insurance purposes. Do whatever you want. But also shit. do that. It it pays <laughs> off. It is it is fiscally responsible to get married for insurance purposes. Yeah. Anyway, so she makes a house call to Mr. Messenger and uh, is listening to his heart and he's like, I'm fine. And she's like, okay, so he's an angel. Why would God let us meet if we can't be together? And he's like, oh, he didn't tell you? He could give all that up and he would for you. He just needs to know that that's what you want. Yeah. Uh, Before he takes the leap, if you will. Right. So she goes to the library because they're always at the library. And in my notes, I have why are they always at the library? But Mikey answered that. So thank you. Boom. Nailed it. Because they're like audiobook perverts or whatever. It's fine. We can move on. Exactly. So <laughs> he won't answer her at first, but then he appears so she can talk to him. And she's just like, I don't want to see you again. I, I want to say goodbye because I want someone who I want somebody that I can care for in this lifetime. And I think what she's actually saying is she doesn't want him to give up eternity for her. Sure. I don't think it's really about the boyfriend. I don't think she was ever going to marry the boyfriend. I think that's what she tells him in hopes that he will mm -hmm. not give this up for her. I agree with that reading of it as well. But as far as her relationship with the boyfriend, I feel like he was also a relationship of convenience for her. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, I don't think she was in love with that boyfriend, but. Yeah. So I, I don't feel bad that they don't end up together at the end of this movie. I do sort of feel bad that he, she dies. Yeah. That God murders her in a fit of <laughs> Old Testament style revenge. God doesn't murder her. Logic and street smarts murder her. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Nicolas Cage goes to that construction site and jumps. Yes. And falls. And he sees like flashbacks of like things that he's seen in the movie. Some things that didn't make it into the movie. Um, lands in the construction site, bloody. Yeah. And gets up. Everyone can see him. He can taste his blood. Crazy Nicolas Cage laugh. Oh, man. That laugh is unsettling. <laughs> like, I will hear that laugh until I die in my dreams. Like, that laugh is unsettling. 
that's the laugh of a person who just got a map to the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> Hell yes. Independence from being an angel. This is we enter our traditional Nicolas Cage era of this film oh. where he's just like laughing and screaming and trying new things and we see a beardless Nick Offerman which is also unsettling yeah he does have like a cameo in this movie although it's not really yeah. a cameo because he wasn't famous at the time he was just like no the extra they gave speaking lines to sort of yeah it's it's a hindsight is 2020 cameo which yeah. I kind of love I love it too it's a young Nick Offerman with no beard it looks weird but you recognize him you know Anyway, he finds his way to the hospital by following an ambulance and is just like, where's Maggie? Hey, Anne, where's Maggie? And everyone's like, we don't fucking know you. How do you know our names? Right. They react normally to a degree. Right. Uh, but but Anne is like, OK, let me fix you up and figure out what's wrong. And he's like, you know, am I too late? Help me find her. And she's like, she went to Lake Tahoe, which, by the way, is hours away. Like it is the bulk of a day's drive away. I mean, we don't know how much time has passed. Like, she could have been there for three days by the time he shows up. Yeah, for sure. I'm just thinking of, like, if he's trying to stop a wedding, he has no way to get there except to drive, and that's going to take basically an extra day. I like that he doesn't give up eternity if he finds out that they're getting engaged. So he, he tries to, like, hitchhike. He gets mugged, but he doesn't have any stuff, so they, like, take his shoes uh, but he finally, a trucker pulls by and is like, hey, I'm going to Reno. Where are you going to? He's like, Tahoe. And he's like, Reno, Tahoe. The Reno and Tahoe are fairly close together. Are they? Okay. Yeah. Either way, they work out some sort of deal and he takes him right, right to her door, apparently. He takes he takes him to the uh, wedding chapel. Oh, that's, that's right. He ends up. Yeah. Because at this point in the movie, it is positioned like she may have accepted that offer from her boyfriend right. to get married and all that stuff. Right. Uh, we come to find out she traveled there alone, but I mean. Well, and this is where he's driving there, like through the woods is where that Goo Goo Doll song yes. plays. And this is the first place where like the lyrics are in the subtitles. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's about the movie. That's <laughs> like, exactly the same experience I had. I was like, forever Johnny Resnick, you. you genius. So he finds a phone book in a phone booth. And finds her address and just shows up at her door and he looks beat to shit. Yeah. And she nurses him back to health in front of the fire. Very hot. Uh, especially because she's like, this is like a, a rom, like a romance novel trope is yeah. like nursing people back to health in front of fires. It's a whole thing. It's a genre, Mikey. It's a genre. Yeah, she heals him. It's about women fixing men. Yes. It's unhealthy. <laughs> well, and at this point, I was like, where's the other guy? Like, clearly she wouldn't have let him come in and whatever if the other guy was there because he could walk in on them at any moment. And yeah. they're like sleeping bagged up in front, of the, <laughs> in front of the fire. And he's like, am I too late? And she's like, no, I couldn't marry him. I'm in love with you. Which, why? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, he's pretty much like a getting into heaven free car no he's not he fell he but fell. he was at the time before he was a human what i'm saying is i think meg was only into him while he was an angel now that he's dicked up as they call it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Up. yeah now that he's dicked up page because you know he fell that's what the angels call it but like sure it's like oh you're gonna you're gonna go to earth and get dicked well, up we'll get to it todd because he takes it out and he says Hey, how do I use this? And then that's the next scene. Yeah, because literally... She, like, wants to walk him through how to use it, Mikey. Well, everybody's had to walk us through how to use it there. Facts. That is so true, yeah. 
Yeah. Somebody we, did. We got to go through this. So first of all, they they start making out. And do you think his bad kissing is method acting or his norm? Because this is the weirdest kissing I've ever seen in a movie. I think it's method because I've seen Nick Cage kiss. You don't kiss. Okay. Like okay. Okay. Uh, so then... I have like three questions just to follow up, Mikey, if you don't mind. He kisses in like every movie. What's your favorite Nick Cage kiss? Probably leaving Las Vegas when he pours bourbon all over what's her face. You know what? I wasn't expecting you to have the correct answer in your mind, but like nailed it. So let's just if move on. If y'all don't think I'm a Nick Cage fan, you are wrong. <laughs> anyway, we cut to them having what would appear to be a sex scene in front of the fireplace. And she's like, do you feel that? How about that? How does it feel? Tell me what it feels like. And he's like, I can't. And she's like, try it. And he just goes warm and i'm like is he <laughs> describing her pussy and then he's like aching and i'm like no and then i'm like this would be kind of hot if it wasn't nicholas cage but then she gets into the like we fit together and i'm like sex ed oh no oh no yeah. oh we do fizzy okay oh god and then there it's we see their shadows having sex and we cut to the next day where they're out sitting and just kind of looking across the lake and he's like, I always ask people what their favorite thing about living was. And I wrote it down. And I think mine is this. And she's like, we haven't even started yet. Like, this is just your first day. Yeah. We're Mr. and Mrs. Plate. And we've got so many sex positions to try. <laughs> like, you don't even know. I think he meant the the after sex cuddles in front of the lake. I think he meant looking out at the lake because the Lake Tahoe is beautiful. Oh, so, like, I'm sorry. You don't think he was referring to having sex with Meg I Ryan don't. for the first I time? I think he I was. I think he was. I think, I think was he was. Love. I think it was love. Mikey, no. There's no way it's love. No, I think he when he was like, it was warm and wet down there. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I've had sex with some people. And some <laughs> people, some people. <laughs> my favorite moments are like when you really like someone and like, afterwards oh, yeah, super comfortable. And Same. Like the pillow talk and yes. stuff. Sex is great. But like those safe moments, those good moments afterwards are better. I think sex is great and all. But have you ever been like really emotionally vulnerable and have that go really well? <laughs> that can be better. And I get that, Mike. You're not wrong. Sex is great. But sex and then wanting to stay with that person afterwards is so much better. It is. Anyway, we see him experience a shower for the first time, and he is in amazing shape. The first yeah. time we see it in this movie ever, because he's been like hidden in a trench coat the whole time. Uh, and then she's making him a fruit salad, and she's like, oh, you know what I should get? Pears, because he asked me about pears. Yeah. So she goes to get pears and rides back. Meanwhile, he's like, he gets out of the shower, he gets dressed, he's like looking at the fruit salad and whatever. And she's just like bike riding with her eyes closed. Like down a rural hill that like has turns and shit. Even if the car didn't pull out, she would have like just driven off the edge of the mountain they were on or whatever. Like, yeah, it's it's real dumb. And he the candle goes out. I think he blows it out. She gets hit by that truck. Yeah, he feels it. Yeah, he feels it. He feels her death like a vampire. And so he like <laughs> runs out there and she's clearly dying. And she's like, stay with me. And he's like, you know, she's like, you came all this way, <laughs> which is such a weird thing to say, but I guess applicable in the movie. And he's like, no, it was worth it. It was worth giving up eternity to have sex with you once. Which is what you have to say in the moment. Yeah. In the moment, it made sense. Because he can't just... 
she's dying and him run up and be like, oh no, this is definitely not worth what just happened to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so she dies. I say, fuck this movie forever. Yeah. Paige, I laughed out loud when I saw the truck (laughs) pulling out. I was crying and laughing at the same time. Oh, I was not at all crying. Like, this movie had zero effect on me because it was so I cannot believe you didn't cry. I was angry. I was angry crying, but also (laughs) laughing because I was just like, fuck this movie, but this is so bad. It's hilarious. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not enjoy it. And I don't want that truck to see me. Because I think it will crush up my head. <laughs> he he turns away from being an angel, and then she gets hit by a truck because she, like, closes her eyes, and, like, Naruto runs into the yeah, truck. Yeah, she's not even, Naruto like, holding onto the handlebars. The she's doing her best, like, Jesus Christ pose, and then, like, <laughs> yeah, just slams yeah. into the side of a logging truck. Oh, she Final Fantasies herself. No, not not Final Fantasy. Final, final Destination. <laughs> she Final Destination. I understand herself. why you made that mistake though, because when she does die, you do hear the bum 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 bum. That's a victory one, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. It was a victory for the truck. Oh. <laughs> anyway, he's somehow in her house. Like he plans her funeral. He ends up in her house. It makes no sense. He goes to Grand Central Market and stands. Like conspicuously below the Angels Flight Streetcar, which yes. by the way is a real thing. Yeah, yeah. So he buys hella pairs with what money? Who knows? That's never addressed. Never addressed. He just goes and eats pears in her house. Yeah. Uh, and he talks to his friend where he's like, "Did you take her?" And he's like, "No." And he's like, "Why did God kill her?" And he's like, "Because she was an idiot." God didn't do that. She's an idiot. You saw the signs all along. Yeah. And he's like, so what now? And he's like, well, that's this is what being human is like. Yeah. You wanted this. Sorry. Bye. And he does like, what's it like? The warmth. And I was like, is he asking what her pussy was like? I, I think, think he is. He is. Yes. I think he is. And and he's just like, I would rather have one breath of her hair, one kiss, one touch. And then I was like, one stroke. And he was like, <laughs> then an eternity without it. And now he has a crippling pear addiction. <laughs> now he's fully a fruit boy. Fully a fruit boy. Although I would have loved it if he ate a pear and was like, uh. He's just parroting his behavior during the trauma. Mm. Wow. That's why he runs into the ocean while they greet the dawn. And Captain Holt laughs at him. But like his mouth laughs, but his eyes don't. It's very disconcerting. You also don't hear him laughing. It's weird. Yeah, it's really weird. And what I really wanted was for Nicolas Cage to body serve and then walk out of the ocean and be like, no, that was ass. No, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Bitches are awful. Oh, wait. I forgot to talk about this. Yeah. Messenger had just been stitched up and he swam oh, in the ocean. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Oh, yes. that would be so I, I thought about that at the time <laughs> when I was watching it. Yeah. I was just like. <gasps> and you actually do see the scar, Mikey. I know. That's very dangerous. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Don't do anyway, that. Anyway. And that's, that's the movie. movie. I love that Mikey had to sneak that in right before the end. Like I was like, my one note. I was like, oh, that's really dangerous. Yeah. There's a lot of microbes in the ocean. Yeah, that's where yes. whales shit. Don't do that. Yeah. It's also where a lot of people like dump dead bodies. There's like a, a lot of reasons yeah, never yeah, to go yeah, into yeah, the yeah, ocean. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, there's yeah. a lot of volume there, so it gets watered down. <laughs> yeah, pun intended. So having mm-hmm. seen this movie, having talked about the movie, what did you guys think about City of Angels? Perfect. No, this movie is 
bad and you should feel bad. This is the best. <laughs> this is the best Mikey rom com by Mikey movie virgin rom com I think we've done of just swinging hard for the fences with so much money and such yeah. a serious attempt. Yeah. Shit, and we will talk about all that. Yeah. It is a bonkers movie. And and it's a movie that I would willingly talk someone else into watching just to laugh about it with them later. It's fun to watch <laughs> now. I was laughing the whole time. I was like, I'm really much enjoying this rewatch. I, I spent a good portion of this movie like this. Yeah, same page with, <laughs> with my face in my hands. Just like, is this happening? Is this... Somebody made this movie yeah. and somebody made this movie once and then they made it again. I was thinking also, and I get to talk about it for three hours today. I was very excited to come talk about it today. Even though I texted you guys at two in the morning, my time when I finished the movie, I was just like, fuck this movie. I know. I, I, you know, I figured that was she what Meg Ryan hit, died. Kill my truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I knew was coming. I knew those texts were coming. Because, like, you're like, oh, we don't, we've never even heard of it. I was like, oh, cool. He falls in love with a woman and gives up being an angel. It's <laughs> and gonna, you didn't he... tell us about the truck at all. <laughs> Technically, that's the truth. But that would be like saying Dead Poet Society is about a group of kids who, uh, you know, come from yeah. different backgrounds. And one of them, like, resolves his issues with his dad when he comes to see him at the play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The notebook is about a guy who writes a girl for a year and builds her a house. She, she <laughs> slow motion rides that bike in that truck for 10 minutes. Yes. I mean, it, yeah, is, oh my, forever. it is a long so ass long. scene. And, like, I just kind of downplayed it. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do City of Angels. I, w I wish you could have watched me watch this movie. <laughs> because I you would have watched me been like, this is taking for fucking ever. Why she got her eyes closed? She going to get hit by a truck or something? <laughs> I knew. Because I was like, because you guys had like knew nothing about it. I was like, oh, my God. Okay, don't don't tip the scales at all. Like, don't don't show your heart card. Amazing. Yeah, it's about an eight. Yeah, I was like, I was like. <laughs> I remembered how bonkers it was. I was like, oh, my God, we got to do it. Well, I'm very glad oh. we did it. Do you have any fun facts i do i do so here it is with your fun facts Angels, fun, fun facts. facts uh so as i mentioned this is a remake of a german film called wings of desire wings of desire some of the more bonkers elements are actually from the original film too so like these are mistakes people have made twice yeah i i buy that so when maggie asks seth what he does for a living he says he's a messenger in greek the word for messenger is angelos. Well, there you go. Which is where we get the word angel, but oh. also los angeles. Yeah. Um, the word angel is actually only mentioned twice in the entire movie. During a brief conversation between Seth and Cassiel, basically that one conversation with Nicolas Cage and Captain Holt is the only time the angel as a word is ever mentioned. And it's when the little girl asked if she could be an angel. That's basically the only time. Yeah. When he is smoking in that bar, the man smoking next to him is film director Michael Mann. Really? <laughs> yeah, who didn't direct this film, by the way. Uh, That's a really good like, fun fact. That's the scene I was talking about where he's just mirroring that guy's emotions. Right. Because that guy like looks convincingly sad. So good for him. That's a good performance, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So when they are when meg ryan is looking in the mirror and you can't see nicholas cage behind her this is actually shot twice with motion control because that's how they had to do it back in the day yeah however they didn't do it well so if you look closely enough you can see some of her hair morphing in and out of where nicholas cage was erased yeah so during the opening sequence you see angels on the top of buildings obviously and that building is 
address 444, which is a direct reference to numerology regarding angels. Hmm. I mean, I, I find numerology to be largely bullshit in general, but 444 is supposed to be an angel one. Um, anyway, uh, the lines where she said he says, let's go where I don't care what will we do anything is actually identical to the dialogue between Nicolas Cage and Deborah Foreman in Valley Girl in 1983. <laughs> so most of the lifeguard towers on the beach where they like greet the sunrise uh, were added for the movie. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. We don't really have a ton of those uh, on our beaches. Like Baywatch would have you believe they're everywhere, but they're not as they're not as many of them. Okay. The book that he gives to Maggie is A Movable Feast, and it's actually a set of memoirs by Hemingway, published posthumously in 1964. He died in 1961. Um, and it's specifically about his youth in Paris during the 1920s, working as a journalist and a writer. That's why there's so much food description in it. Um, okay. This is Dennis Franz, who played Mr. Messenger's last film, because he would subsequently retire from acting after his role on NYPD Blue, where he also showed his butt. Well, yeah, he he did everything he needed to do. He was a working actor for a long, long time. I bet he could have retired way before this. Yeah, and he was like, I've shown my butt enough. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. this movie makes a point to basically shoot angels on top of landmarks, in front of landmarks, all around Los Angeles to make it very, very clear that this movie is shot in Los Angeles, hence the name City of Angels. However, as I was watching it, I was like, that's not our library, but it looks familiar. But that's definitely not our library. Well, it turns out it is a library in San Francisco <laughs> that yeah, I nice. went to growing up. <laughs> so I was like, I have seen it. Uh, but that's the one place that's not in L.A. that they film. OK, so Meg Ryan's character is is Maggie, short for Margaret. Meg Ryan's actual real name is also Margaret. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not mm -hmm. know that. Yeah. When they show shots of most of the angels, they don't blink. Uh, Nicolas Cage actually practiced not blinking and was able to do it for several minutes. Wow. <laughs> no surprise is, there. Look at freakier than angels. <laughs> oh, wow. That kiss is method. That kiss is method. Uh, once he became human, he was able to blink all he wanted. <laughs> but no, I think you're right, Mike. I think he's like kissing badly on purpose. Uh, yeah. When he falls to earth, his memories appear in black and white. Uh, this is because as a plot point, when he was an angel, he can't see or distinguish colors. So this is actually from the original German film. Interesting. Where angels were unable to see in color. Okay. As a plot point. One of those memories that's shown is a pregnant woman. This is not something that makes it into the movie itself. We don't really know where this comes from. I don't know why they included it. I think it's kind of strange because it's kind of like a clip show where there's a clip from something you didn't see. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the woman who is pregnant was actually portrayed by Elizabeth Shue, although you only see her stomach. Um, she was actually pregnant at the time with her first son, Miles. Uh, and he, he literally was born later that year. But Elizabeth Shue and Nicolas Cage had worked together in leaving Las Vegas, and I think she did it as a favor, but you literally only see her stomach. Wow, okay. Yeah. A difference between the German film and this film is that when Seth becomes human, he can only understand English. Um, not sure why they choose that. I would assume it's like he subconsciously chooses as he falls. Uh, this is the opposite of Wings of Desire, where the main character... 
ends up being able to speak any language after his fall from Earth and becoming human. That's one of oh, the angel cool. things he retains. I yeah. mean, that's a trade, man. You could be the world's best interpreter. You could. That yeah. like that could give you a job. Yeah. Every death in the movie is shown through Seth's eyes. At the beginning of the movie, when the child dies, her soul appears at his side, but they watch her death from his point of view, his vantage point. Uh, the same with the man having the heart attack. The only different one is Maggie in the road because he is no longer an angel. He can't see so her. So it is just, he's he can't. He's yeah. just participating with her. Yeah. And this is meant to reveal death from two viewpoints, both the natural and supernatural, and the people who are experiencing in the moment versus the external view. Yeah. Hmm. When he falls, there's the audio of a Hail Mary prayer being read in Polish? I wondered what that was, because it clearly isn't English, but that makes sense that they would do that. Yeah. They specifically omit any classic angel elements, so that's why they're not in white. Uh, that's why they don't have halos or harps. Or wings. Or wings. <laughs> yeah. uh, they also never mention the Vatican, the Bible, or heaven or God, except very, very briefly. They never call him God until the very end. Nicholas Cage calls him God, but yeah. like other than that, they don't. Um, and this last one, I just want to include because I thought it was funny that IMDb included it. See, on certain films, IMDb includes certain types of fun facts because it's something that people who have watched the movie might want to know. This is not one of those films, but they included it anyway. The body <laughs> count for this film what? is three people. <laughs> nice. I love that there is a body count for this <laughs> they movie. They included the body count? That's fantastic. Anyway, those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for those fun facts, Paige. Let's talk a little bit about box office. So this movie came out. Wait, do we want to see if they're still together? They're dead. Do you think he moved on is a better question. Do you think he finds another human to warmth? Paige, I am heartbroken that we didn't get a City of Angels 2 where um, Nicolas Cage meets Elizabeth Shue when they start dating and then that that like shot of her being pregnant was like a little prophetic of like, don't worry, Nick, well, I got maybe. a lady out there for you, that whole thing. But and that's the second movie. What if movie? she also Oof. gets hit by a truck? Does he have the dick of death? <laughs> so you're saying you want a movie <laughs> like Good Luck Chuck, but with death. Every person he sleeps with gets killed immediately yeah. afterwards in horrible accidents. Final, final destination. Fuckdoll destination. Oh. I mean, all those ladies are going to get the log, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, go on to box office. Sorry, I brought it up. Okay, okay. So, this movie came out in 1998. What do you think the production budget for City of Angels was? I'm going to say $60 million. Okay, Mikey, what do you think? I'm going to say 70. Okay. You guys are both a little bit high, but not by a lot. Like it was 55. <laughs> it was exactly 55. Yes. Uh, now, if you adjust for inflation, guys, that's $100.4 million today. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, not at I'm all. I'm sorry. That's so funny to me that they spent so much money on this movie. At the end of the day. Somebody made this film, spent that money, made money, and was like, I'm a fucking genius. Like, went to sleep <laughs> like that. If this was, like, the only thing I did in my career because I retired afterwards because I made a shitload uh -huh. of money, which we'll talk about, I would demand people watch this movie when they came over and be like, look at the shit that I did. And yeah. I made money! Anyway, like, I would, it would be, I would be so proud that I had, like, conned America into seeing this movie. But mm -hmm. this movie came out, it's... It premiered April 10th, 1998. 
It was number one in the box office that <laughs> Hell week. Yeah. Now, it beat the number two movie was Lost in Space. Number three was Titanic. That was in its 17th week and gotcha. was still number three. Uh, number four was Species 2. And number five was The Players Club. What a great time to be alive. Right? <laughs> what do you think City of Angels made in its opening weekend? I want to say this was huge. I will say this. If you go big, please, like, whatever number you're thinking it would make today, take that in half. Because that's pretty much what the, the inflation was, right? Right. Okay. I'm going to say $27 million. Okay. I'm going to say $32 million. Okay. So... You guys would have been close had you followed my instruction. It was $15.3 million. But, like, if you adjust that for inflation, guys, and I'll do the official calculation, but you would have been way, way closer because if you adjust for inflation, it's $28 million, right? Yeah. So you would have been right there. But it did... Obviously, well, the next closest movie was Lost in Space, as I mentioned before. That made $13.3 million. The next weekend, the weekend of April 17th, 1998, it was still number one in the theaters that week. So it was number one for two weeks, although it was in the theaters for a total of 21 weeks. That's so long. Yeah. That's half a year. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think this movie made domestically in 98? I'm going to say 160. I'm going to say 120. You're both a little high, honestly. It made Mm. $78.7 million. And I think that's because America was going to see this movie. But once enough of America saw this movie and was able to get the word out, because this is like pre-internet. Right. Like that sort of shut down the, the domestic market. The international market brought in another $120 million. So this oh movie made, made $200 million. Almost, Paige. $198.7 million. If you adjust for just the, the box office for like today's dollars from $98, that's $363 million that this movie would have made. It's like a Marvel movie. I know. It's like a low-level Marvel it's movie. It's crazy, right? That's so for funny. City of Angels. But that's your box office. So... This week, Mikey, you made us watch City of Angels. Next week is my pick. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be fun if we went back to a, I'm going to say, type of rom-com or romantic movie that is like a period drama, sort of Jane austen e, you might say. So yeah, your homework for next week is to, yeah, get wine drunk, like I used to say, and watch Emma, the 2020 version, not the one with Gwyneth Paltrow. The one with Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I do. Whose review are you going to read this week, Mikey? I'll tell you after you tell me, in a scale of 1 to 10, how much did you find the film romantic today? You know what? That was my fault, and I own that. that that's fair. Okay. Paige, do you want to go first? Uh, It's going to be a 1 for me. Todd? <laughs> <laughs> I found this movie not at all romantic. It's a 1 for me, dog. Like, this movie was zero romance. I'm going to give it a hard 3. <laughs> Just like if you had been dating for three days, uh-huh. right? You know what yeah. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's feet. So uh <laughs> all right. I guess that's your romance scale, but I do have a review. Let's do the review. Uh I'm gonna read Oh man. There's a lot of numbers. Okay, so it's a five zeros nine zero KTY. Okay. Let's let's call them KTY. It's title of review, time travel versus angels, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love no. this. 
<laughs> so much. <laughs> okay. So much. I love this podcast, and I think all the hosts are so funny. Paige was wrong about one thing, though. <laughs> oh, God damn it. I can't. Mikey's not the only one who loves a time travel summer. Bring on the angel flicks. I love it. Look what you did. This is your fault. Keep up the good work, heart emojis. Five stars. Well, 90KTY, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to have Mikey read your review, leave us a five-star review. So, um, yeah, guys, if you like this power thruple that we have here on this podcast, make sure to check out our other podcast, The Horror Virgin. And that is the only other podcast that Mikey and I are on. But Paige gets around, and she is on two other podcasts, Black Card Rehab and Cult Podcast. So guys, definitely check out those because they're amazing. If you want to follow us on social, we are at Romancing the Pod Show. Yes. On Instagram. And we are at something else on Twitter who I just have never taken the time to learn. It's it's just Romancing Pod Show because they have a character limit and it's show SHO like Showtime. So guys, check that out as well. And if you want to follow us all individually, Paige is at rampage wesley everywhere including tiktok except for twitter where she is at page wesley mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome everywhere and guys we got a p.o box so if you want to send us some love letters or whatever you might send to a p.o box it's actually not a p.o box it's like a regular street address it's pretty awesome it's 6688 nolensville road number 108-34 brentwood tennessee 37027 so send us some stuff yeah that's gonna be it for us you guys i'm Paige. i'm mikey and i'm todd and you complete us angelic completions (laughs) bye got digged down by an angel nerds he actually got his wings when she uh hit the truck so hard that it rang (laughs) (laughs) the truck every time a truck horn sounds an angel gets his wings. i hope y'all hung out till the very end of the episode to get mikey's best joke of it say nothing on social media say nothing let's see let's see who brings this up in the facebook group (laughs) 